Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hunter Biden walks as President Trump faces 100 years in jail. 100 years behind bars for President Trump as Hunter Biden given a sweetheart plea deal he's allowed to walk for everything he's done for the laptop for everything else that we've seen over all the past years all of the headlines all of the data all of the little pieces of information that'll come out the text messages the emails everything we've seen all the pieces of it the money laundering the influence peddling firing ukrainian prosecutors mm -hmm. and it all comes down to hunter biden given a plea deal for money laundering and given a slap on the wrist, essentially gets probation. We'll dig into all of it for this charge, for his lying mm -hmm. to the ATF yep. on a gun charge in Delaware while using drugs. Imagine if that happened to any of us. Then we want to get into the story of the Titan submersible, hours left to live. Uh, the people down there, though, but also the response to it, because it seems like there's people who are actually rooting in this case for the ocean and for people to die while trapped at the bottom of the ocean, potentially within or under, or in some case, in uh, in between parts of the Titanic itself, the sunken wreck. And also Riley Gaines testifying before the United States Senate about women's role and the trans role of women in sports. But before all that, head on over to castbrew.com, buy Castbrew Coffee, pick up Rise with Roberto Jr., Appalachian Nights, join the Castbrew Coffee Club. You get three bags a month. This is the cultural endeavor of Tim Cast. We're going to be working on getting those cool in-person spaces to hang out, but we have to do that. We have to build it up first. So go to casperu.com. Don't smack the microphone like I just did. And then get pick it up. You can also get the Colombian. You can also get your French roast. And, and also while you're done that, go to timcast.com, click join us, become a member, support Tim's work, the other Tim, that's Tim Alpha. This is Tim Prime, if you will. I'm Tim 2.0. And then call in if you are a member because we are gonna have the member segment coming up at 10 p.m. If you are a member, you've been in good standing for six months or you're at the $25 tier, you'll be able to call in with a very spicy conversation mm -hmm. planned. Also, while you're at TimCast.com, you can download right for now, if you're an Android user, the TimCast app. This app is still in review for the Google Play Store and for the Apple Store. But if you are an Android user, you can actually download it at TimCast.com right now. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all this and more, Anthony Cabasa. Anthony, who are you and uh, what do you do? Thank you so much. Uh, something looks very different about you, Tim. Got my hair done. What are you talking about? Yeah. Got my, I got my hair done. You can't tell because I also got my beanie done ah, underneath. Gotcha. That's what it must be. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here, first and foremost, to the whole TimCast crew and uh, to TimCast himself, Tim Poole, rather. Um, Timothy quick, Cast. Quick, quick little plugs. Happy birthday to my friend Ashley. What's up to the te Telegram gang, uh, the extremists of the West, and uh, producers Armet, Salah Marcia, who are tuning in. 
Los Angeles Young Republicans, and of course, my wife and children back at home. My name is Anthony Cabasa. I am uh, on the front lines in Los Angeles, California, um, and uh, I am an independent journalist. I do uh, live streaming as well every morning, 9 a.m. to 10.30-ish um, uh, Pacific time. And I have been doing independent journalism since 2017, covered the protests, the riots, the summer of uh, love, I think that's what they called it, right? <laughs> um, and then just most recently, I've been covering some of the uh, Glendale and uh, Sadikoy parents, the Armenian parents out there that I've been kicking butt, uh, literally and figuratively. And then also the prayer night that I was there uh, right with on. you, Tim 2.0. That's uh, right. For that. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. My name is Seamus Coglin. I make cartoons. I'm an animator. I'm also a podcaster. So I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes. And we're going to be releasing a video tomorrow that I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's a meme review where I fix a bunch of left-wing memes this time for Pride Month. Those are a fan favorite. So if you guys want to go over there, subscribe, check that out tomorrow. We're also going to be releasing a 30-minute long version of that video behind the paywall, a long extended version. So if you want to become a member, go to freedomtunes.com and sign up for that. How you doing tonight, Ian? I'm doing fantastic, man. In like a fireball. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a few days. I think Tim was feeling a little under the weather. Yeah, I'm glad I, you're uh, recovered from yeah, that. Yeah, I decided to go with my sunglasses in honor of Jack Posobiec, who I haven't seen in a while. Shout out to Jack ah, Posobiec. Yeah. He's out there somewhere. Good guy. Um, Thanks probably, for having me, too. Probably sleeping on the job. Yeah, usually yeah, he does. Sleeping on his pillow. I got a lot I could say about that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, guy, I love that yeah. guy. We all could. Hey, we also have uh, Duprea. Prep. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yes, what's up guys? We are running the show quite well, I feel like. Uh, bear with us, Tim. Ready to start when you are? All right, let's do it. Let's get into this first story. And now I know a lot of people have probably seen this. Of course, we haven't been out on the TimCast trail. Of course, we've been on assignment. Tim Prime is on assignment. Mm-hmm. Tim 2.0 is here for the time being. Joe Biden continuing his Bay Area fundraising trip on Tuesday, appearing at an event in San Francisco where he briefly addressed news of his son Hunter Biden's plea deal. Joined by joined by Gavin Newsom, which we definitely have to talk about because there's been this huge question about whether Gavin Newsom is the candidate in the wings. And I'm going to pass this over to our California expert here in a second to talk about this. Let's see what he said. He said, let's see more technological change. He said uh, they finally asked him about the def- Justice Department court filings after a lengthy pause during which the president looked like he wasn't going to answer any reporters. We have the story from SF Gate, San Francisco Gate. He decided to weigh in. I'm very proud of my son. That's all he said. <laughs> the White House spokesperson who told various news outlets on Tuesday, the president first lady, first lady, love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. We will have no further comment. Look, guys, this is a story where and look, I know there's been some happy talk out there across the news networks, across some of conservative media, I've seen it in right-wing sources where they say, all right, well, hold on, just hold on. This is just the first shoe to drop. Durham was out there today. He was testifying. Then we're going to have Weiss and we have other prosecutors in Delaware and there's going to be other investigations and other trust guys. Guys. Yeah. Look, we now live, and Jack Posobiec was talking about this on his award-winning podcast, Human Events, earlier today. Really good show. Yeah, really good show. Yeah. I that, like that guy. That we now live in not a one, not a two, but a three-tiered system of justice. A three-tiered system of justice. This is the thesis that Poso was lining out. Uh, and it's simple because we knew we lived in a two-tier. Right? We, we, we all got that in 2016 when James Comey 
We remember this, right? We remember when James, Co there, that's, that's what gets me is that everybody's acting like this is normal. Everyone's acting like, oh yeah, well, the president's son gets a, you know, gets a plea deal and she's, he's going to cop to some of these, you know, tax charges. And eh, so, so he lied to the ATF. I mean, look, if any of us lied to the ATF, we'd get a deal like this as well. It's, <laughs> it's called a, uh, uh, it's a, a pretrial diversion. Pretrial diversion is what it's called. And it essentially means that he's really sorry. He admits that he did something very naughty and he's definitely not going to do it again. I think that's the same thing that would happen to any of us. Yeah. If we lied about, I don't know, our pistol braces, if we lied about our bump stocks, if we lied about shaving off uh, our, uh, well, there's, there's certain modifications that can be made to a semi-automatic <laughs> AR-15 that we're definitely not going to talk about here, but we could talk about in the member show that if you're listening, we're definitely going to have a conversation about that and more. But if you lie to the ATF, we all know what's going to happen. You're in trouble. You are going to get messed up. And there is now a two-tier system, a two-tiered system that has turned into a third-tier system because one tier, that's the proletariat. That's the proles. That's the regulars. That's the hoi polloi. That's everyone else. Then there's a tier. There's a tier for the aristocracy. There's a tier for the the leadership, the political preferred class. Just as Poso was outlining again, mm -hmm. his award winning podcast. Yeah, smart guy. Events. Yeah, really. I mean, just just smart and handsome. How did he do it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, no, I mean, he's smart. Yeah, beautiful family. You know, beautiful and, family and, and, and certainly he's smart. Than, well, you know, more beautiful than, family and he's smart. Than, I'll than, give you that. You know, like, yeah. like cartoonists. Yeah, um, family first. Then, look, I mean, is that a high bar? If you want to set it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Give me that yeah, one the, more time. There's a three tier system. It's and the, then, and then there's a third tier. And that third tier is for people like Donald Trump, but not just Trump, not just right wingers. People like Julian Assange, people who are troublemakers to the regime, people for whom the the legal system, the legal standards get twisted into whatever arcane reading that lawyers and judges will go along with to go after them. A paperwork dispute gets treated as if it is uh, handing over the nuclear codes to Vladimir Putin. We were being told Don Jr. was going to go to jail for the rest of his life. That's right. For That's what? right, Don Jr. And so... So, Didn't Donald Trump call it too? Like early June, was he saying, like, I guarantee you that they're going to come after, uh, you know, Hunter Biden with like a small little slap <laughs> of in course. the wrist to, to make course. it seem like, oh, look, the, the justice system is fair. And actually, I think The View actually made a point of that. They're like, oh, look, they're, no one's above the law, not even the president's son. They came after him. And it's like, come on. Like, you know. <laughs> it, it, imagine genuinely believe. imagine genuinely believing justice is served here, that these are the penalties that any other person in this country would get if they were outside of that narrow political class. Yeah. He's the Donald Trump is a Nostradamus of our time. I'm just, I, I'm just I, saying. I try to think about like when I first heard this story and like, okay, Hunter's getting getting off easy. I was like, should he? Part of me was like, yeah, he should. Joe should have done the right thing and put his son in jail for 20 years or 15 years for whatever 10 years. I don't know what it is. Uh, and then I'm, uh, now I'm starting to question it. I don't even know if if this is the way to go. Is just start arresting everyone left and right for. But I mean, I don't know. What do you think? But th this is these these um are not minor things either, right? So we see a lot of influence peddling. We see uh, a lot of political leaders trying to profit off of their position or the family members of political leaders trying to profit off of their positions. And I think Hunter Biden did that in a particularly egregious way, which is beyond the pale of what we usually see in American politics for as bad as that gets. But on top of that, Hunter Biden didn't just commit crimes that are outside the purview of what the average American might do or what they could be found guilty of or being put on trial for. So it's difficult to to outline the fact that there's a two-tier system when it comes to influence peddling because your average person isn't really in a position where they're going to be able to do that. So it's difficult to compare the charge they would get to the charge that someone who's the member of a power 
full political family would get. But when it comes to the, the gun charges or when it comes to the dealings with money, let's say, to, to put it euphemistically, and the fact that uh, he hadn't, I believe, reported his income fully to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, Tim can fact check me on that one there. I mean, these are things that even in those amounts, your average American couldn't be capable of, but they could commit some variety of those crimes and they would get in way more trouble for it. Look, well, it's like Joe, President Joe Biden said, uh, nobody f's with a with a Biden. All mm -hmm. right, or isn't that what he said? I well, look, here's, he here's the a, thing, though. Here's the thing: the, same, the very same people, the very same people that spent what did they spend all last week doing? When when that prosecutor Jack Smith got up there at the Department of Justice and he said about Trump, he said he they repeated one refrain over and over, the same refrain you heard on MSNBC, the same refrain you heard on on every single network. No one is above the law. No one is above mm -hmm. the law. No one is above the law. They were doing that because they were front loading it. They were priming you psychologically to prepare to respond exactly the way you just said about Hunter Biden, because they want you thinking, okay, we did go after Hunter Biden. And it gives you a false because it gives you an out to say, well, that's not true. Hunter Biden didn't get off. Why? Look, he was charged. He accepted a plea deal. He had to do all of these, all of these different things. He had to pay the money back and they looked into it and he was charged there. Therefore, therefore it's okay to go after Trump. But here's the thing. Donald Trump isn't going to be offered a plea deal. That being said, Donald Trump's, he's not going to take a plea deal. Okay. No. There's nothing in Donald Trump's psyche that would allow him to admit fault, admit any of this. And he did an interview with with Brett Baer and there's people coming back and forth on that saying, oh, it was, it was great. And I think it's a Rorschach test. Like, so Trump supporters are saying, oh, this was a great interview. This was wonderful. He knocked it out of the park. And then uh, Trump detractor is saying, oh, this is terrible. He's done. He's done for. He's This is the end of Trump. The walls are closing in. His lawyers are committing suicide as we watch. Uh, you know, he's, this is the end. It's the end of Trump. And then you've got people in the middle who are like, I still don't understand why he's being charged because they asked him about the classified documents and he said he declassified them and they said he was, was president when he declassified them. And then he also said, oh, by the way, there were, uh, you know, socks and shoes and commemorable shirts and different things in these boxes because remember, we're showing the picture of the boxes. And yet step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus we're not actually shown what was in the boxes. yeah in fact you can't see what's in the boxes but that's great persuasion right visual persuasion look at all of these boxes look and the of boxes. course the, 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 the subtext is they're full of exactly they're they're just up to the brim with classified documents that but he didn't I, declassify i think that what this shows is once again the democrats are using are willing to wield full power and come after anyone i mean they literally have the political leader of the republican right you know you, you can argue that it might be DeSantis. oh it's time for trump to step down uh, trump is still the face of the republican party like there is no maga without you know donald trump right now and that's just the reality i and i hear this not just you know i'm not from a red state i'm not in a conservative state by by any means i'm in los angeles california regular people like street vendors that i talk to they're just like no yeah donald trump is the republican he's that guy and so what it, it kind of pisses me off a little bit when I see that, you know, they're coming after like Adam Schiff, like Republicans can't even do that 
successfully coming after Adam Schiff, trying to censure him. And I think that, you know, last week we were just talking about this. Uh, they try to find him a multi-million dollars. And, and you know, Thomas Massey, I, I think he's a great politician, but he's like, oh, well, we don't want to open the floodgates. We don't want to have him pay a fine because what 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 would happen if Democrats came after us and they did that? And I'm like, buddy, like th those days are way over, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we, we got to stop thinking that way. And I think that that's why conservatives continue to lose all the time because they're just, well, we, we don't want to cross that line because, you know, well, what if they came and did it to us? We just went through three years of tyranny. Of look, medical tyranny. Look, like, we, it's just insane that we're still thinking this way. I cannot believe that there are still conservatives online saying, well, we don't want to cross that line because, well, you know, what if they come back and do it to us whenever mm -hmm. they gain p power? Dude, they literally indicted the leader of the Republican Party. You think they care about the, the average Republican out in the street trying to, you know, blue collar worker? They don't. They arrested your leader. And nothing has happened. Like, what are we doing here? Look, and, and there's there's just some numbers to back this up. From thehill.com has the story. 62% in a new poll say that federal charges against Trump are politically motivated. That's from the Quinnipiac University survey that was released on Wednesday about these DOJ documents. Quinnipiac, that is not exact. That's not, you know, that's not some right wing uh, paid for Donald yeah. Trump internal poll from his campaign or one of these super back polls that gets pushed around every time it's time to, you know, get more donations out. No, 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 no. This is Quinnipiac. This is a, if anything, this is a poll that's that's going to diminish Trump support. And they're saying 62 percent of all voters. Mm -hmm. That's not even weighted. Yes. Going into Democrats, independents, et cetera. Look, I think that people. And specifically voters in this country, to your point, I think they're they're busy, right? But they're not stupid. Yes. They may not be looking into all the little details of everything that Hunter did. They're not going to look into all the little details of everything they're alleging on Trump, but they can see the doubled standard, or in this case, triple standard. They can see that there is a different standard for those in power who are favored and those who are in power who are disfavored. And, and Seamus, this is something that you and I were talking about beforehand, and we're definitely going to get into this more in the members only hour because this is the type of situation. And Ian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. This is the type of situation that leads to instability. This yep. is the type of situation that leads to people checking out of the system because they don't believe in the system anymore. This is the type of situation that says to people, look, if they come to arrest our guy, if they're using the power of the state, if they're using the power of force to go after our president, at the, our leader, our opposition leader. And if this was happening in any other country, we'd call it exactly what it is. Yeah. We call it exactly arresting our opposition leader, right? If this mm -hmm. happened, you know, this is something that when people go after Putin, they say, oh, Putin arrested his opposition leader. Right? Exactly. This is the main thing. And imagine if Trump had, right? Imagine if he actually had put Hillary Clinton in jail. Right. Exactly. I mean, well, it would be about how we're a, a fascist third world country. You you pointed out that about 60% of Americans see this as ideologically motivated when it comes to the charges against Donald Trump. Part of what concerns me as it's almost inevitably the case that some some number of that 60% of people not only believe it was politically motivated, but think that it was also a good thing. So some large number of people probably say it wasn't politically motivated, and that's why I believe justice is being served here, but there's likely a contingency that really does believe that this was politically motivated, and it's good that it was politically motivated because they believe in arresting their political opposition because they know that they're on the side of truth, virtue, etc., all the self-aggrandizing things that they would say to promote their ideology when it comes to this question of political instability i remember what we heard repeatedly through the 2020 riots in order to justify the violence that was happening in the streets was that 
Rioting is the language of the unheard. If that's true, why are you trying so hard to silence the right in this country? If you genuinely believe that people become violent when they don't have the proper political channels and is an outlet to have their voices heard, what do you think is going to happen if you arrest the, the leader of the Republican Party, a former president, and the front runner for the upcoming election? This is the problem. Right. This is the problem. This I mean, this could what, this could get dangerous. This is what leads people this, to instability. This is what we've seen happen in country after country. This is what leads people to say, and we don't want this. I don't want this. No, I don't want my kids. I don't want anyone uh, who says they do is a larper. I don't want my family don't want to, have to live through something like this. But at the same time, we also can play things out. And this is something that Tim Prime has been talking about here mm -hmm. on the show for years, for absolute years, saying that we're seeing this type of instability. Go back. Go. If you had told somebody 10 years ago, 10 years ago, that we would see the president of the United States' house raided, that we would see the opposition president arrested, that if you and if you if you take the lefts, uh, the left is out there saying there already was an insurrection. OK, they that's their claim. They're the ones who have already said that the insurrection had 1.0 already began. And so you are pushing people further and further out of the system at the same time when you refuse to look into, and YouTube says we can talk about this now, if you refuse to look into election irregularities, if you refuse to look into the way that ballots are counted, the way that ballots are done, because we threw generations of traditions out the window in the name of COVID in 2020, then doubled down on it in 2022 in places like Maricopa County where uh, where Kerry Lake's voters were turned away in droves saying that, oh, we can't vote, we can't count, the ballots are not printed right, put them in door three. Oh, don't worry, door three is going to be fine. These Maricopa County machines, et cetera, et cetera. Don't worry, it'll, it'll all be counted, it'll be taken care of. People turned away. They went but home. I'll, I'll present And when you don't, when you, last point is when people don't believe in the integrity of the system, it leads them to seek alternate options yep yeah but i i would also argue because again I'm, I'm in los angeles we you know one of the things that i, uh, I do differently than I, I would argue a lot of people is that i'm directly involved with the community and and i i know what what their needs are i know what they're asking for but the reality is is that you know and i'll be honest i voted for donald trump 2020 but his biggest fault is to continue to push that narrative and it's great you can believe in irregularities etc but, but guess what out in florida uh, you know, you had some of the strictest election laws passed by Ron DeSantis. Democrats are still winning in 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 Florida. You have people that you know are uh, winning in mayoral seats out there in Florida. Why? Because Republicans. I'll be very honest with you, man. Republicans are sometimes losers. I'd say about over ninety percent of Republicans, conservatives, Christians, they have this defeatist attitude, this doomer Amen. attitude about everything. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that flee California. I'll be honest with you. I, I've planted my banner of Christ in Los Angeles. I have no plans on leaving ever because I, I refuse to cede a single inch to godless people, to the communists, whatever it is. I, I kind of hate and I, I'm kind of like kind of sick and tired of seeing conservatives often post, you know, and Jack uh, or Tim 2.0, I apologize for this. But sometimes when, when we tell people like it's time to flee the cities, it's like, dude, when, when you're at war, you need to reinforce warriors on the front lines. And you saw you saw it for yourself, man. You you came to Los Angeles. Uh, you, you got to see all the Catholics out there. You saw the Protestants out there fighting back. 
Armenian parents are starting to fight back, man. Like in no way, shape or form can I believe, and I'm new to this party. I, I was never political before. I, I didn't even vote 2016. I'm new to the conservative side. Uh, I just believe that due to my uh, Christian upbringing, I'm just naturally conservative. And, you know, my whole family votes Republican now. But it's alarming to me to see the party of 1776ers, the, you're not going to take my guns, the, you know, we need to fight back convincing people convincing christians this, this is the most alarming to me is you need to abandon all these parts of america and just flee for safety and the problem with that is it's not going to be the ballot harvesting is wisconsin just overturned the supreme court right the, the 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 supreme court on at the state level arizona just went blue we're not winning swing states why because we are convincing conservatives and christians abandon all hope it's time to head to high ground and People are going to one of three places, Tennessee, uh, uh, Texas, or Florida. There is no Christian, there is no conservative saying, you know what? Maybe our votes don't count here in California. Maybe we should move to swing state Michigan and help make it more red. That's not the message being promoted. And when you have, a, 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 again, a, a, no, no, no fault to Trump, maybe a little bit of fault. But if you, all you're doing is going around telling people the system is rigged, there is no hope. Look, in my county, our, we had a Republican state assemblywoman, and she lost by 577 votes. The reason she lost was because over 30,000 Republicans in my district didn't want to go vote. They're like, what's the point? If and, and the thing is, when you have Christians, this is, again, if you're, you know, atheist, if you are, you know, a liberal or more libertarian, I can maybe understand it. But if you're a Christian conservative, your message to Christians should never, ever, ever be. I mean, dude, his disciples of Jesus Christ were sent to the most extremist places on earth. And he said, you will be persecuted for it. So to me, it's kind of alarming to see so many. And so it's it's not going to be the ballot harvesting. It's just, there's going to be no Republicans left. And, and to, to talk about the institutions, you know, people want to be upset at Elon Musk because he hired, you know, this NBC person. But what conservative is out there telling people, hey guys, don't flee the cities, actually become a judge become a lawyer so that we actually have a fair fight at, at w when it comes to crimes. Oh, but the radical DA. Okay, but who's running against that DA? Where are our conservatives? I mean, there's so many red well, say people, so, yeah, people, there's a couple you know, things. Well, people there's a couple flee things. to Florida, their people flee to Texas and, and they're harboring all this power and money. But then those states are also not becoming as red as people want to say. So now we're losing Wisconsin. We're losing swing states. We just lost Arizona. I, I wish I, I could sit here and tell you it's the ballot harvesting. It's not. It's just that Republicans have been convinced it's all over. This is it. Donald Trump didn't win. Bro, let me tell you something, man. Like, it's way more than Donald Trump. It is you at the local level. There's so many people that have fled California to safe states. They've never ever helped a campaign, never donated $5 to a local school board member. And they're just like, oh, I'm done. And I'm like, but you never started. What's you just well, you just so, listen to your local conservative that said it's time to leave California. There's a Senator Scott Wilk who just said that there was one bill that well, was just passing uh, California. Well, let's let's. let's, let's, let's I, I, I think I think there's a couple things to to deconstruct here. Firstly, I don't entirely disagree with you. Uh, I think there is some wisdom in saying it could be good for conservatives to move to swing states as opposed to states that are already solidly red, so they can help those states. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
turn red or flip red in, in local elections, and particularly presidential elections, that would be massively helpful. However, I think a person ultimately does have to make the decision that's best for their own family. And if they're concerned about moving to a state where their child is going to be told by some groomer teacher that they're actually a member of the opposite sex and then put on puberty blockers and then the child can be taken from the parent, I would say that's a realistic concern to think about. And so it makes sense for people to say, I'm going to go to a solidly red state because while you're correct, the apostles did go to dangerous places. At some point, it is time for Lot and his family to leave Sodom and Gomorrah because it's going to be destroyed. Uh, and I'll also say, if your plan is to go into Nineveh and convert those people, you'd better be a Jonah, right? And even Jonah had his flaws, but you 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 really have to be in a solid place, I think, to be capable of persuading people, especially in a very dark area, a, a very evil area of embracing truth. So while on the one hand, I think some of what you're saying is admirable about wanting to stay and fight and not giving up your territory. I totally hear all of that. That said, it's perfectly reasonable for somebody with a family to say, you know what, I see what's coming down the pike here. I see the, the Christian persecution that's ahead of us. And I want to get my family somewhere more safe where they can flourish. Do you, but do you, look, man, I, I have I have three children, mm -hmm. a 16, 14, and seven years old. All of them are in public education. They see what's happening with the public education in Los Angeles. But it is my job as a father, first and foremost, and also as a parent, to teach them. They're exposed to LGBTism. I tell them, hey, we are, we are Christians. We don't believe in everything that they believe. We believe marriage is between one man and one woman. And guess what? My son just got baptized last year. Despite LAUSD and the public education, everyone wants to, like, oh, get them out of the schools. But why? I mean, you know, it's a relatively good school outside of some of the stuff that they are teaching them. But my son, 16 years old, I was able to raise him, raise him right. He's a Christian young man. He got baptized last year. My daughter, 14 years old, she just accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, got baptized just a couple weeks ago. The reality is that it is your job as a parent to parent. You know, people say like, oh, I don't co-parent with the government. Dude, if you pay taxes, you're already co-parenting because you're funding a lot of stuff that are going to affect your children are going to affect everything that you do in life. And the reality is, if I'm able to do it, and, and, and I agree with you, there are some people that really have to go, but I think it should be a last measure. You know, there was a, a, a post by Cat Turd. He posted, you know, here's five rules to save your family. Uh, rule number one, get the hell out of your blue state. Second one is go buy land in the middle of nowhere uh, uh, in, a, in a red state. The third one is grow your own food. Fourth is homeschool your children. Five, pat yourself in the back because you just save your children. Bro, there's a lot of homeschool uh, 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 kids that are not right. You know, like just because you homeschool, it, it's not a promise of of be uh, of of being raised right, or you're not going to be raised in conflict. There's a lot of people that homeschool, and unfortunately, their children go off to college or university or whatever it is. But my my argument is not against people that hey, if it's right for you. But the reality is, a lot of the people that I speak with that leave California, it's because of one thing, and it's 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 mostly economical. And they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, my, my house has become, I can't buy a house out here, whatever it is. Um, uh, you know, and, and so I need to move to a different state to pay lower taxes, to be, to pay less in, in gas prices, et cetera. But I, I just don't believe in that personally, man. I, I just don't, I don't think I was put on this earth to pay low gas prices. I'll deal with the gas prices by working harder, making more money. 
and I and I get the children stuff, but it, it, you know, let my testimony not be the standard or to be exalted, but to show to people, dude. Even in deep blue Los Angeles, on the front lines of communism, where Antifa and Black Lives Matter basically run the city council, dude. Here we are baptizing kids because there is a need for that. And let my children, you know, my son when he started school last year, he's in he's going to eleventh grade now. He's like, hey, dad, just to let you know, there's two trans kids that are are. are changing out in our locker room like well what do you mean by that they're like well it's two girls that pretend to be boys and so they're allowed to be in the locker room you know what i told them i didn't tell them like oh you better start standing up i just said you know what son that is their lifestyle we don't agree with it i taught you different we we read the bible you know that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and then a couple months later you know what he he was just like well that's just the way it is because look man you can shield your children that's fine but eventually they're going to have to face the real world. And to me, I've prepared my children to to understand that there are different lifestyles, but you don't have to pick up your family and be like, oh, I'm out of here. I don't want them to see, you know, the gay, you know, or anything like that. It's going to happen no matter whether it's YouTube ads. I don't know about movies. that. I mean, well, you look at the, the, the non-binary fetish porn in schools, but so Tim to, has a, a, to a your, good friend to named your Jack point who has about, a wife and kids. Yeah, so to your point about, to about, you know, my, my recent, my normal refrain about stay, get out of cities. Um, you know, and and I specifically think about that in terms of children, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of people with children, that when I say get out of cities, that is different necessarily from, or when Poso says it, um, that is different from the overall political power question. So when I'm saying that it is predominantly about crime and predominantly about the fact that we have wanton crime throughout every single major metro area in the United States. Homicides are still up over pre-pandemic levels. This is largely because of de-policing that has come on the heels of, ra of the racial reckoning uh, in the wake of George Floyd. And you can look at every stat. You can look at it from homicide rates to traffic fatalities that go up in the immediate, I mean, within days of George Floyd's death to the point where, you know, you've got the mayor of Minneapolis is out there twerking this week, twerking in the street. Uh, we could just see if we can find the clip at some point. But uh, this is what Jacob Fry is doing out there. In the meantime, his city has seen homicides explode to 1990s levels. So when I say get out of cities, I mean, get out of cities so that your family can live so that your family can actually uh, not not be killed by strays or whatever it is. But at the same time, when you're looking at elections, which is a separate topic, uh, and then you're also talking about potentially schools. So there's there's three different layers here. So one's the personal safety layer, right? You need to get out of a high crime area. That's that's it's as simple as that you need if you can, you need to get out of a high crime area, uh, certainly if it's controlled by Democrats, if it's controlled by Republicans and it's high crime, I'd, I'd really like to know where that is because I we haven't actually been able to find any. So Gavin Newsom will play this game, by the way, and Sean Hannity, I wasn't smart enough to respond to him in this way and say, well, red states have some, you know, uh, high homicide rates as well. And he said, well, yeah, but it's certain cities within those red states that are throwing the overall rate up. So in a state like Louisiana, it's the city of New Orleans in a place like uh, Missouri, it's the city of St. Louis and et cetera, in Ferguson area. So this, this all goes around. And so the issue then becomes from to, to respond to you on the, the ballot harvesting question. Democrats have played an incredible game of beating de of beating Republicans and the right and independents and every other uh, candidate, every other race um, uh, party out there because they've been able to change the laws as we were talking about earlier. They've been able to change the laws, game the system to the point where they've got massive organizations of dark money, whether it's Soros, whether it's uh, Lori Powell Jobs, whether it's Reid Hoffman, uh, that's Steve Jobs's uh, widow. 
they're throwing millions and millions of dollars behind these operations because they know they can't win on the issues. They know they've lost on all these issues, but what they'll do is they'll go into swing states, they'll go into places like Michigan, places like Wisconsin, places like others, and go in and run these ballot operations, early vote harvesting operations, ballot chase operations, Arizona, Georgia. Georgia, of course, passed a law changing this, fighting back, so at least they have some ability to fight back. And just massive shout out to my boy, Scott Pressler, and also to Turning Point. Turning Point Action just signed a $5 million deal with Scott Pressler just for Wisconsin. Wow just for Wisconsin, investment of $5 million to say, you know what, we're going to fight back, hire people, put political boots on the ground in terms of this, because you need to be able to do that. And so Turning Point is holding, and there's a, I'm told it's almost sold out at this point, um, a conference with Scott Pressler down in West Palm. It's going to be this July 15, 16, Scott Pressler, Mike Lindell also there, my boy Lindell, uh, Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, Steve Bannon, myself, Charlie Kirk, um, everybody is going to be at this thing and, uh, Josh Hawley, JD Vance, uh, Benny Johnson, uh, you know, million names I can't even think of that are going to be there, but it's specifically on this question. It's not just some, you know, Oh, rah, rah, look at us, how, you know, we, we love America. We're going to hold, you know, kiss the flag, et cetera. No, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy will also be there that it's, it's specifically on this question of how we can use these targeted ballot operations to win, because I, I don't see it on the right. I see the right actually taking these strategic moves to get into the tactical level on the key states that you need. And Charlie Kirk has, a, and, and Richard Barris has said this as well, that there are essentially just three states you need. You need three states and then you can flip the presidency, you flip the presidency, you get the culture back and you're seeing fights like we did in Los Angeles to actually not only win back the school boards, but also push back. And I'd love to get into the next story, which is the story that that you were a part of and uh, well, Jack was a part of that. And we have it from NBCNews.com. And, and, and I'd love to hear your your recollections on the event, your coverage. Catholics and other religious protesters gather at Dodger Stadium on Pride Night. These sisters of perpetual indulgence, whose members dress in drag as nuns, were honored for their work. And this is, of course, the NBC right version. So we'll tell the story. We'll, we'll listen to NBC's story, and then yeah. we'll tell the story of what we actually saw. With stop anti-Catholic hate and God will not be mocked signs, protesters surrounded the main entrance to Dodger Stadium on Friday, hours before the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence were, were to receive an award on LGBT Pride Night. All right, I'm going to have to stop right there because the very first sentence of this is not true. It wasn't hours before the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence uh, were to receive the award. We swarmed the main entrance while they were receiving the award. And we were out there with rosaries. We were out there with uh, a thousands of people. The LA Times actually came out and, and admitted that it was 2,000 people. So if the LA Times admitted it was 2,000 people, it had to have been at least 4,000, 5,000. Uh, six or seven, I couldn't even lost count of how many helicopters, news choppers were up in the air. Uh, we had drones flying all over the place. And, and it was peaceful. It was prayerful. We had a bishop uh, reading an, uh, a prayer of exorcism. Seamus, you'd appreciate Bishop Strickland. Not, oh, not nice. only not only gave a prayer of exorcism, but a prayer for perimeter protection from demons. Wow. And this was the only time, and it's funny because I thought about Weren't this Weren't they afterwards. already performing at the stadium? <laughs> I know, right? No, the, so inside, while all this is going on, there's, there's the march that takes place, takes up space, blocks the gate. The inside at that time is completely empty during the ceremony. You could go in. And Savannah Hernandez did actually go in to get the footage showing an yeah. empty stadium 
while they received the award. And of course, the fact checkers are coming out saying, well, hold on a second. People actually went to the game. They were able to see the Dodgers play and they played a game against the Giants and lost the entire series, by the way, <laughs> to the San Francisco Giants from Northern California. Um, the, like the worst loss in 125 years. Oh, Funny how that wow. works. And, That's awesome. And then and this, these are like the, you know, the hated rivals, right? The Dodgers right. and the Giants. And they go on to lose this in, in a massive fashion, but the ceremony itself was completely drowned out by the protesters, so peaceful. And I, you know what I didn't see though, was, and look, I, I've been, or Poso's been, to hundreds of events with Antifa, uh, got into it, interactions, face-to-face, -face, say what you will. I didn't see any of them there. I didn't see any of this. I saw a couple of counter protesters. Exorcism they, uh, they were across the street. And you know, it's funny. Coms. Well, because I was telling you a couple of rev comms, but they never crossed the street. And I kept wondering, why aren't they crossing the street? Why didn't they come across? And then someone I was there with goes, well, did they not cross the street or did they not cross the perimeter? And it's like, yo, <laughs> Bishop Strickland. So look, look, I mean, just from, from my recollection, my perspective, it was incredible. It was incredible to see. I mean, Seamus, of course, was being lazy, didn't want to come out. Yeah, that's exactly support, what it was. Didn't want to support, <laughs> so didn't, lazy. Didn't want to support the faith, didn't want to show up when it mattered. You know, he's, he's willing to be here. <laughs> Tim, you weren't there. debate Catholicism. Oh, right. I mean, Poso was there. And uh, and then some of us, you know, some of us showed up when it mattered, like our good friend here. So tell us, what was it? What was it like for you on the ground? What were your recollections? Um, was was it what the media says? Was it an anti-LGBT hate fest? Um, no. So um, I, I think it was a beautiful sight because it was the first time that Protestants and Catholics were not at each other's neck about who's right about what. Uh, so it was kind of nice to just be alongside. God-fearing people, people who believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, just going around and finally standing up to what I thought, you know, was was a satanic agenda that was happening at the Dodger Stadium with these sisters of perpetual indulgence uh, who openly mock, uh, you know, and blaspheme our, our Christ. But, you know, what's so interesting to me is Christians will, will and this is why, again, sometimes like 90, 95% of Christians, conservatives uh, sit at home. All they do is type online, don't know what the heck they're talking about, never been involved in anything to any capacity. Um, and, and they just like to just, you know, oh, this is stupid. A protest? What's the point of a protest? What's a, what's the point of a prayer walk? What is that going to do? People that never show up to the community and, of course, just useless. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of bashing on them right now. But um uh, it, it was it was it was really good to see. It was a great sight. Thousands of uh, you know uh, Jack Pasolibek was there. He's not here tonight, but uh, it was a great sight to see him. Um, and I was just kind of wondering. There's a lot of like other influencers uh, that go hard in the paint for for Christ and just weren't nowhere to be to, to, nowhere to be. But um, we were there, man. You know, and there was uh, like revolutionary communists that were there. Um, you know, talking about there is no Jesus. There's no this. Um, but it was it was really good to see just. Uh, this 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 public display of, of Christians coming out, uniting, uh, saying the prayers, marching as men. It's the most men I've ever seen activated. Usually conservative Christian men are at home drinking their Bud Light. Um, so it was actually nice to kind of see them come out into the street and actually uh, act out the things that they professed. Uh, which, the, the, one of the things that I was a little bit upset about was that the archdiocese, uh, how does that work? I know you guys have like a structure within the Catholic system. It's like the archdiocese. I don't know if that's like a like a little small government of of catholic branch inside but well, so, uh, so each i mean the, the the basic breakdown is is you know a diocese a parish is a diocese so one church is usually a parish that's one community basically a neighborhood um then the archdiocese they're typically based around metro areas okay so you'd see uh, the los angeles archdiocese i was 
born and raised in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. Tim Prime was born and raised in the Chicago Archdiocese. Me too. Um, yeah, and you're, you're Chicago Archdiocese as well. Yeah, yeah. And then so, and then that would sort of uh, raise up. Then there's a, a Catholic conference for the bishops of the United gotcha. States. There's the a USCCB. number of cardinals. So there's a number of cardinals. There's what, five cardinals in the US right now. Uh, I believe off the top of my head, you'd be totally wrong. And but it's not a lot. It's not a lot of cardinals. And then all of the cardinals around the world eventually uh, choose the pope whenever there's it's time comes time to choose a new pope. Yeah. And so that's that's the base. I mean, there's way more to it than that, but that's the very basic gotcha. structure. So basically, the archdiocese of Los Angeles came out. They were supposed to be leading this. I think that thousands more people would have come out had they actually endorsed it. But days before the prayer walk, they basically backtracked and said, "Hey, you know what? Um, we're we're actually not going to endorse." any protests we're actually wow I, we've decided that we're just going to have open dialogue with the dodgers and any parties involved meaning the sisters of perpetual indulgence um but you know I, I it's weird because i have christians telling me well yeah that was a good call because what's the point of a protest who cares like we are meant to be persecuted as christians the thing i care about is that these same christians had it been that they were mocking jewish rabbis Mm -hmm. It was if it was Jewish rabbis that they were making fun of, and the ADL put out a statement. We strongly condemn uh, yep. these sisters of perpetual indulgence that dress up as rabbis and are you know mocking the Jewish faith. This is not Christians would have stumbled over each other, the Marco Rubios and and other you know uh, uh, people that uh, are always like standing up for Israel and its allies. They would have been like, oh, we stand with the Jewish people, and this is not this is we we. Which we by the way, there was it. a rabbi actually at the event. There was uh, Rabbi Michael Bar. Clay from Los Angeles, the LA area, right, actually yeah. spoke at the event right before Jack Posobiec. Right. That, yeah, I remember that. And so to me, it just, it, it's mind blowing to me when Christians justify that it's okay to persecute Christians in Christian America, country founded on Christianity. And that, but if it was Islam, it'd be Islamophobia. Yep. And if it were rabbi, it's anti-Semitism. But it's perfectly fine when it's done to Christians. And so to me, I'm like, okay, well, you can't have it both ways. Either we can make fun of the Jewish people and the Jewish religion, and we can make fun of Islam, uh, Islam people and Muslims, or it's it can't be it can't be that you know like yeah. it, you gotta have it i'm all for it we're sure we're gonna be persecuted yeah we're gonna be blaspheming this and that but what i don't understand is why you have christian legislators including just recently governor ron DeSantis, went out to israel and signed an anti-semitic bill uh, out there in israel and promising you know israel like hey we're gonna make sure that there's no anti-semitism in florida they've extradited three people in three different states i believe to florida under that new anti-semitism bill but it's like but why can't we do that for christians this is a christian country we have christian majority legislators why isn't the protection so my argument against christians and and again i don't understand why we do this but jack poso was there well you know we were there we showed up we understand the importance of showing up for our religion for our people um and and just standing in solidarity because to me it's just not right well and 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 to to your question about the legislation that there are obviously uh concerns about uh what constitutes protected speech under the first amendment as opposed to what what is considered hate speech or hate crime laws hate speech laws um which you know we're not going to get into right here but that's obviously a major concern but also and Seamus I want to ask you about this as mm -hmm. well because this call by the archdiocese yeah. for dialogue 
That's a communist tactic. That's a Hegelian tactic. This is the exact same thing. And I know the you can thesis, break this down the for antithesis, us. It's, it's yeah, classic. Exactly. It's the so, classic Exactly. So you have, you have the thesis, you have the antithesis, and then after dialogue, it ends up breaking down into the synthesis. You have a new idea. Now, I'm not going to sit here and claim I know what the motivations of the archdiocese were in making this decision, but what I can tell you is that I personally believe it was a very bad decision. I think that this is something they should have called for so that people in the area would know that this protest was something that the church was sanctioning. And there's a lot of conversation in the Catholic Church today among bishops and priests who consider themselves to be more moderate about trying to unite with and have dialogue with Protestants. So it's interesting that at this protest that so many Protestants were attending, it was decided that the church couldn't and even shouldn't endorse it. Uh, of course, I think the reason is pretty clear. If I were to guess at the motivations, I would say it was simply a case of them being afraid and them not wanting to say anything that would upset the alphabet people, the LGBTQIAP lobby or anyone else who's pushing for sexual perversion in this country. Because as you know, the, the dominant prevailing state religion that's been emerging is one which celebrates sexual perversion. And unfortunately, uh, as is to be expected, just given human history, the history of the church in, in the way human beings behave, there are people in the church who would like to be accepted by those who would persecute them because they don't want to face the ostracism that would come along with persecution. And so they're either willing to bend the knee, or even if they don't bend the knee, they're willing to tell uh, other Christians to stand down, to tell the faithful to stand down, to tell Catholics to stand down and not adequately combat the evil as it must be. But so uh, then... So yeah. then if there's if there are these these mm -hmm. uh, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At least, at least 2,000. According to the LA Times, mm -hmm. 2,000. Which means to me that there must have been at least double that. Because the LA Times has to have been 2,000. I saw it on Daily Mail as mm -hmm. well. Because Daily Mail originally said that there would be, that there were hundreds of protesters. Right. Hit refresh. And then it immediately said top of, and it stayed up all mm -hmm. weekend. Thousands of protesters. So Seamus, what is this split inside the church then? Oh because is there a split between, uh, you know, the phrase is the laity, the, the laity of the church or members of the laity into the hierarchy, the magisterium, at least mm -hmm. in the U.S., um, not to go too sure. uber into the Catholic weeds here, but it just seems like there's a split between the trads and the moderates. Yeah, well, the, the trads, the, the modernists, the, the moderates, there, there's a yeah. lot of different ways of looking at this. And to be honest, I don't consider this to be in any way, shape, or form unprecedented. If you look at church history, once the Roman persecution ends, a great deal of Catholic history ends up being the story of good, holy, faithful lay people being saddled with a corrupt hierarchy that has some good people in it, but who do not follow the Lord as they should and do not lead their flocks as they should. And we also see this in the 
the Holy Scriptures. Uh, I believe uh, as a Catholic that at the Last Supper, when Christ established holy orders, that Judas was ordained. So this is one of our, our first examples of uh, a priest and a bishop, and he betrayed Christ. So we should expect to see that there will be Judases in the church today. And as we've seen throughout church history, it, it has been full of them historically. So when people are unwilling to stand up for Christ, and when bishops and clerics are unwilling to, which many of them are, lay people, fortunately, historically, have risen to the occasion, even though it has not been all of them, many of them have. And it's it's what we should expect to see, not only among the hierarchy, but uh, among the laity, right? Because many seek to enter and few do. How many people truly take their faith seriously? How many people are truly trying to get closer to Christ and enter the kingdom of heaven? Surely it's a minority. And I believe that the scriptures make that clear. I'll also add that it is not something disobedient or offensive or even subversive for a Catholic to say that there are many in the hierarchy who are bad. The Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen said that he believed that the laity were going to save the church. And it's because, again, we've seen it repeatedly with the, the hierarchy abdicating. It is why it was once said that the road to hell is paved with the bones of priests and the skulls of bishops or the lampposts that light the way. Amazing. You know, there's there's actually a book that actually talks about this too by Dr. Taylor Marshall. It's not a plug or mm -hmm. nothing like that, but uh, he talks about the infiltration of the church, how it's been going on for over a uh, hundred years now. And it's really good because it basically talks, and there's actually a, a, a written testimony uh, by Dr. Bella Dodd, who in the 1930s, 1920s, yes. yeah. she was head of the Communist Party of New York, and she instilled 1,100 communist agents into the highest ranking positions of the Catholic Church because she went on to say that communists knew that the only enemy that they feared it wasn't the jews and it wasn't uh muslims it was the christian church the catholic church more specifically and they knew that hey you know what we've done for thousands of years we fought the catholics sword and shield and we continue to fail and we mm. continue to get crusaded again so what you know what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and infiltrate and that's why i think you know no disrespect to the, the catholic archdiocese out of los angeles what you are seeing now is the reaping of the benefits and this is why i say people need to plant your banner and fight back because you know who doesn't flee? Communists don't flee. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, they didn't say, well, it, guys, it's time to pack up from the red states. It's time to head over to California where it's a sanctuary state. These people mobilize, man. Yeah. David Hogg, the, the unsuccessful pillow uh, uh, guy, right? Um, and an activist. Totally you know destroyed by my pillow.com from Gapesa. You know what this guy did? This guy activated <laughs> totally, uh, people in 45 states. I showed up to Los Angeles. Yeah. My and pillow is to make David Hogg cry. <laughs> I actually got to talk. So Roe v. Wade overturned. I'm in safe blue California where abortion is legal up to nine months uh, on demand, basically. And uh, I talked to I talked to some of the communists there and I said, comrade, you know, or not, not really. I went up to people and I said, why are you protesting here in Los Angeles? We're here. It's completely legal. And they said, because we stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in other states. Christians that have never done, I, I can't think of a single, I can't think of a single moment in time in my lifetime where Christians in 45 states have mobilized for anything. Why? Because they're on the comment section saying it's time to flee. Look, and this, this guy is, is nuts. And, it's and this time is, to get this out. This is something where, where it's, it's, I, I would say it's a Western church in general. 
it's it's not just the Catholics. It's it's you see it across Western churches yes. where they believe there's this idea of spoiled, and, decadent, lazy, lukewarm. You know, and it's it's you are lukewarm, and I spit you mm -hmm. out because mm -hmm. you are neither hot nor cold. And it's this idea that you know if you just sit down, if you buckle down, you read your Bible every day, you go to church, you go to sort you have your your personal connection, but you don't do anything actually <laughs> in the real world. Right. To you're affect. being too generous. I don't, don't I, I don't know affect. many people in the Western church who are telling us to read our Bible every well, day. Well, there are no, no, no <laughs> but, but it's a mindset. It is a mindset of of you see it in the catholic side you see it another mm -hmm. side just pray every day and earth will be fine yeah. but at the end of every mass that i've ever gone to it, there is a command and it says go, go forth, forth. Yeah. it says Amen. go forth and Jesus, actually go out and do things jesus mm -hmm. didn't sit around in silence and think about it he went out and talked about it that's the mm -hmm. purpose that's how you become in that's that's part of becoming in touch with god take too. up space this this mm -hmm. church the centralization of authority is what concerns me when it comes to the Catholic, any kind of church, any kind of tech company. You know, it's a vulnerability that the, 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 the top of this chain can make a decision and say, we're, we're going to say, no, you, we're, we're going to justify that uh, instead of instead of not justified. Or it's like, but but the reality is your relationship with God is bypasses any organization. And when people are moved by that, I think you see them go out and then they inspire other people to go out and move with it. Well, as a Protestant, well, I, I know very well so, about what you're talking about, about doubting the uh, hierarchy within the church. Sure, just, yeah. Just <laughs> no, so, so I, I mean, I'd have a couple things to say about that. And, and though I disagree, uh, I, I think there's a good instinct there. And it's actually part of why uh, I, I'm Catholic. Um, so I, I think that there is a kind of vulnerability that comes along with centralization. And this is a Chestertonian argument, but it's one that I actually do find persuasive, cheeky as it might sound. And that is, I don't know how any organization as corrupt as the Catholic Church could last for 2,000 years unless God wanted it to. There have been so many horrible people in the church who have done so many destructive things, and yet it's been around because as Christ promised us, the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. I, I firmly believe that. The, the, the um, what do you call them, the, the sins and the virtues are mm -hmm. really cool. Like those are legit things to focus and live by. Mm -hmm. Not not easy to, but I mean, if you can live with those seven virtues, pride is one that I'm wondering about. Like, it's tough, man. Yeah, working pride out, right? Yeah, pride is an American virtue, but it's a Catholic sin. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a there's a split divergence already when we start to have that conversation about are you proud to be an American because mm -hmm. you're singing against God? If, but I, then I'm thinking like, well, maybe they mean pride like not like, hey, I raised a healthy baby. It's a bit different. I'm so happy about it, everyone. And then you're like real pride as opposed to I can talk to God. Yes. And I'm going to brag about it. Look how great I am that I can talk <laughs> yeah. to God. Like that's yeah. a sinful yeah. way to live. Mm. So I see that that some, but I don't know if that's beyond pride. If that's arrogance. If that's mm. if that's. But I mean, there are some things that if you're proud of, I think that is sinful. Other things, not so much. Well, so what you're I actually getting to, and I don't, I don't want to, we have a couple of others I want to get to, but what you're actually getting at is one of the reasons that the original, what you might call hierarchy, but was actually the original organization of the church came about was because you would have in the ancient world these various, and we see this today as well, by the way, you would have these various people that say, oh, I spoke to God and God told me this, and you guys might be reading uh, this writing of the gospel, you might be reading this writing, but God told me this, and so you have to add this part on and now actually follow me and my version of it, which is totally different from their version. And so you would have these competing versions of Christianity, some which were in line with the original teachings, some which went very far astray. You even had things like uh, various heresies, the Gnostics, you had the Arian heresy, yeah. you had so many different things going on at the time of people who claimed Marcianism, that, that yeah. they were in uh, direct communication with God because of a personal relationship. And so this is what led to the original 
uh, various ecumenical councils, mm-hmm. read, led to the various creeds, et cetera, et cetera. This is just basic church history that of people getting together because of this very issue of saying, well, wait a minute, you know, I just, you, you say three things at church, but then I went to this guy and he said five other things. Who am I supposed to believe? right? Mm-hmm. Who's right? And this is why you get into the idea of apostolic secession. This is where it comes from. And yeah. not to beleaguer the argument, but that that is where it comes from. That's the actual history of the church. But... Well, also, you are the, uh, my rock, and upon this rock, I shall build my church. And there, there's other points in, in scripture aside from early church history, but it, I know it's a much longer discussion. Oh, it yeah. is, but there's, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean to say there's a, there's a practical reason Absolutely. for why this came yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I do want, speaking of practical can, can reasons. I, yeah, can I just speak to the point of pride really quickly? Not no, even yeah, just, course, from, course, not even just from a religious standpoint, but I think there's something interesting where we talk about pride. We talk about American pride, and what we're referring to is patriotism. And I don't think we need to use the word pride to describe it, because I agree with you. Pride, pride is uh, sinful. It's bad. I think usually when someone says they're proud to be an American, they're just saying that they're patriotic. Right. Now, I, I know that one thing that C.S. Lewis said, which I really appreciate and I, I really find to be brilliant, is that pride takes enjoyment not in having things, but in having more than others. So, so if someone's mm. proud of their wealth, True. their wealth doesn't give them joy because they have wealth. Their wealth wealth gives them joy because they have more of it than someone else. And so when you're proud, as soon as somebody has more than you or as much as you, they become your enemy. Hmm. Because you yeah. hate them for yeah. having as much or more than well, you. They've taken the thing that matters so, to you, which is being of, above. That's the question of the of of pride that we're seeing now with Pride Month in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Where is it? Is it we are proud of our group, or are we flaunting our superiority? Exactly. Yeah. And that is the, that's the essential difference. I think you can be proud to be American. You might believe that America is the greatest country in the world and superior to other countries. I certainly do. Um, but at the same time, if you're saying my group is better than your group within this, that's what creates problems. And that's what creates friction. True. And then the, the question is, would you be less happy with a country that does the things right that America does if there were other nations even better than it? That's where you, you sort of get into this question of pride. Like, do I like this because of how well run things still in certain areas many flaws with this country but do you like this because of how well things still are run in certain areas or do you just like it because other people are worse off other countries aren't as good i'm proud that the french yellow vests the dudes went out and protest and maybe are mm. right now as far as i know but for years we're willing to protest like that's like go humanity but Canadian, then i still Canadian like america better. hong kong shout yeah, out to yeah. dude, go. talk about making me proud to be an american and, and a the dutch human farmers. being those canadian yeah. dudes amen and women i mean all of them but but that shows the for dutch you farmers and I think that shows for you, like you're sort of your your pride in your national identity doesn't come from this diabolical place of I have to be better than others. It comes from a place of I appreciate these principles because you're happy seeing others embody those principles and you're not going, oh, I'm better than them. So I should be the only one doing it. So that's a great, perfect segue into this next story that I want to jump mm-hmm. into here. We have from the postmillennial.com, Joe Rogan challenges, I love this, vaccine enthusiast, <laughs> Peter Hotez, them. to debate RFK Jr. I just get this <laughs> idea of, addict, of, like, of a vaccine addict. Stop vaccine, hitting them. Is vaccine. I need another one, Doc? <laughs> boost me now. Boost me now. I need my boost. <laughs> to debate RFK Jr. on misinformation. Now, we all know the rules of the road. I don't want to get into any of the specifics because Luke Rudowski had played some of the argument. Ian, you have the story. Yeah. What happened to Luke when he played just a clip of RFK from Joe Rogan? Don't actually play the clip, Ian. No, I won't. I don't even know. I didn't see the specific. Uh, I don't even know if the video is still up, um, but I just saw that Luke tweeted it out that he reposted a clip of RFK talking with Rogan, I imagine, from that show. Yeah, from the episode. Yeah. And that YouTube was like, your entire channel is now demonetized. Yeah, so not just oh that video, is the entire channel That's that demonetized. That's harsh. That is really harsh. That is really harsh. And it takes a lot for me to say that about anything that happened to Luke. 
that's rough. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's upsetting. sad to sympathize with Luke, but I'm yeah. going to because I stand up for all all Americans and all humans. Amen. Free speech must well, prevail. Well, and here, and well, here we and go. I'll say this: no, there, 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 there the are better reasons. There are better reasons to to you know clamp down on Luke. He's he's awful. Yeah, this I, I think tall. I don't think what he did here is uh, is really well, so worthy of the punishment. So we now see that we now see that Joe Rogan. Uh, he made the huge offer. This got massive on Twitter. Uh, Tim Prime was offering money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it's up to 1.2 million, the last time I checked, of money that would be donated to charity. By the way, if Peter Hotez, MD, PhD, were willing to go on to Joe Rogan and debate with him about, uh, with RFK, mm -hmm. about the, about vaccines, about the use of vaccines, vaccine mandates, mRNA vaccines, all of these different things, because they've both been on Joe Rogan. And now this isn't like he has to go on and win the debate. This is just, if you will, are willing to do this, all of this money will be donated to the charity yeah. of your choice. And then of course, he's saying, I won't do this. Uh, there have been arguments. He's calling it threatening. He's calling it harassment. I hate when I get threatened with calls. hundreds of thousands of dollars. To a charity it's the worst. of choice. And Dude, if that's a threat, my goodness. <laughs> and so what I want to ask is, is this, what do we think? Well, should, should the debate happen? And, and here's the question that I want to put out because I stand for free speech. I think, do we all agree on that? Yeah. We all agree. We all, we all American stand for free, free speech. speech. We all believe in debate. Here's my question though. Is a public debate the right way to do medicine? Is this the right search for truth? Is Because that's, of no. course, that's the response. And so, so devil's advocate, his, he's saying, well, wait a minute, that's not how we do science. Uh, you just were talking yeah. about before about dialogue mm -hmm. with you know, synthesis. How can you have synthesis if yeah. someone's just right and something's wrong? How do you respond? Yeah, so what I would say is that dialogue or conversation with non-experts is not a way to reach conclusion on or reach a clear conclusion on any medical question but that's not what's being discussed here what what is being asked is whether he can justify telling all of the american people that they have to and in many instances should be required to either by law or mandate from their employer to get this particular medical treatment okay so there's a difference there's a difference between saying the medical process should be determined based on a single public conversation between a doctor and somebody who isn't a doctor and saying well if the medical science is as clear as they're claiming and all of our concerns about people who were scientists and who were doctors being pushed out of the establishment and silenced for their views can be nullified and aren't actual concerns, then should this man who advocates for the use of this particular medical treatment be able to explain to the American people with an adversary in the room that this treatment is worthwhile? I would argue yes, and I would argue that while not everyone is skilled at debating, and therefore not going to be equally capable of promoting a message, even if it's truthful, if he's not talented in this area or rhetorically gifted enough or quick enough on his feet to engage in that kind of a conversation, what he should do is find somebody who is capable of defending the position, and then that person should go on Joe Rogan and make RFK <laughs> look like a fool and then have well over a million dollars donated to a charity of this man's choice and also conv uh, convince a large vaccine skeptical segment of the population that they should get the jab. That's so what should happen. So you're arguing for a uh, that that Peter Peter Hotez 
can choose a champion. If he, I think just exactly. like trial by combat. Exactly. No, I, exactly. If he's not gifted enough to debate, look, that's totally fair. Not everyone has to deba debate. Not everyone's equally good at it. It's it's a different skill set. At the same time, if someone offered me over a million dollars to a charity of my choice to have a conversation about something I'm an expert on with someone who I claim is a crackpot conspiracy theorist, I cannot imagine a rationalization for turning that down. That's easy money. I really can't. I and I, I'll say this. There are conversations that I think are genuinely damaging. So if someone is promoting a new idea that the culture is already completely against and you could be giving legitimacy to that idea by debating them. So, for example, if someone were saying that we should have a public dialogue about the acceptance of pedophilia, I would be unwilling to engage in that kind of conversation because the public is already against that and having a conversation about it could give legitimacy to that idea. But this is totally but different. Be, but but this is totally different. Because the public's against it or would you just be against it? Because we're, I think, I also think we're hitting moral bedrock there where it's just fundamentally obvious why this thing is disgusting and you shouldn't give voice to any opposition who would say that something like that is morally acceptable. Mm. But this is different. These vaccines in this particular kind of vaccine is something that has been pushed under the American people, which the American people have not wholeheartedly accepted at this point. So the burden of proof is actually on the person introducing the new idea to have conversation about it. And they've been unwilling. And, and one last thing I'll say about this is all of the arguments that are being made about the concerns that the medical establishment has about making conspiracy theories seem legitimate by having conversations and debates defending their viewpoint are arguments that they would have made about defending the wet market hypothesis three years ago. And we know how that turned out. So these people don't have the scientific or moral authority that they have claimed that they have. This isn't a situation where we should all sit down and shut up because they've been right about everything. They've been proven wrong. And with a track record like there, it is completely and abundantly reasonable for the American people to ask for a little bit of transparency and have one of these people have a public conversation about what they're promoting to the American people with one adversary in the room to be able to give them some pushback. Dude, was, That's what I think. I was just thinking about the companies that uh, make vaccines and other medicines and how when you're a corporation, you have a duty to your, your stockholders to make money so that there's already a thing of like, don't make us sell less because we'll lose money. So we have to, and mm -hmm. like, wh why is there a profit motive in the medical industry? Fiduciary that is incredibly wrong. Yeah. So that you is, want socialism. I'm kidding. I, I, I want healthy <laughs> so people. Want I want to talk about diet. I want to talk about what about Rogan this, was talking yeah. to Peter Hotez about when he had him on a show in the beginning, which is what do you eat? And Peter's like, I eat junk food. And Joe's like, are yeah. you kidding me? There's yeah. so much evidence that eating healthy gives your body resilience against COVID as, my, as, men, as much as other things that you can get. And vitamin D, do you take supplements? And Peter's like, I don't really take supplements. He's like, this is crazy that you're, you, you're a doctor, but you don't eat healthy and you don't take supplements. So I want to hear that conversation. I think Peter's probably very nervous to get humiliated in public about his diet. Um, and also, I think he's he's on on his own against RFK Jr. and Joe because they're both, I, as far as I know, very much like eat healthy. That's the beginning. And so I think it would be reasonable if Peter brought another doctor in with him. Yes. And there was a four-person debate. Even if Joe wants to be a moderator, I think he's biased mm -hmm. about this for good Fair or enough. evil, whatever. Um, and, and I know that Peter loves Joe. But a guy went to Peter's house, Hotez, and, yeah. and like got his camera up and was like, why aren't you doing, I didn't even watch the video yet, but that's where Peter's saying he's being harassed. Mm. Um, don't go to his house. Don't no. go to people's yeah. houses. This started on Twitter. Keep it on Twitter. Which people were kind of writing off at first. They're like, oh yeah, this never happened. Because he like took to the tweet and he's like, um, oh, by the way, I was just harassed at my house. 
And I think like a couple of conservatives like hopped on like, oh yeah, just like Juicy Smollier, mm-hmm. you know, like, or Justice mm-hmm. Smollier, like, like he was attacked. And then there was like video evidence that it actually did happen. And then what? Yeah. Wait before that I, we jump on these stories, guys. Wait, wait before you call somebody a faker. Like, right, come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. It, one thing I love about the right is that the goal, the goalposts always shift for us. And by the way, like, I know I'm kind of like crapping a lot on conservatives today just because uh, you know, somebody said like, oh, that Hispanic guy is probably a rhino, which is actually accurate. I'm a Republican <laughs> in Illinois only because there is no political movement right now that actually truly represents yeah. and harnesses my outward anger, uh, anger toward the government. Same, man. Um, you know what mm. I'm saying? And so, yeah, I am a Republican in name only, but Republicans get a lot wrong. Uh, Michael Knowles said at a conservative okay. uh, event, he said the Republican Party is a party of no. Uh, Democrats present solutions. They yes. might be they might be wrong. They might be uh, stupid. They might be outlandish, but at least they have solutions the republicans are just a party of no you know the democrats are like oh we want this health care and the republicans are like nope yeah. like, okay but what solutions do you have then and then right. the, the problem is that there just really isn't a lot of those right. in the republican like- party but as far as the debate goes um I, I think it absolutely should happen i'm kind of like with you you know even what you were just arguing against i'm actually for it like dude let these people make you know uh, 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 an example of themselves like there was like that TED talk that we're talking about like it's time to talk about mm-hmm. minor attracted persons bro identify every single person that attends that TED talk and look mm-hmm. into their or the, into their computers <laughs> you know what I mean like to me yeah. it's like bro why why censor any of this this is why you know like uh, I, I love Turning Point and I love a lot of the conservative right but it's like we self-censor people that we consider too radical you know and mm-hmm. it's like I, I, I understand a lot of it has to do with like donors and like public image and we don't want to be associated with some people but it's like dude if if you're right, then just go ahead and like make the argument for it. You know, like yeah. it, 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 again, and this is why it kind of like uh, irks me when it's like we claim to be like, oh, we're all about free speech. Like, well, what about this guy? Like, oh, right. like that's a little bit too much for us. Like, right. we can't talk about that because you know censorship, donors, whatever it is, right. sponsors. You know, and to me, it's like, dude, just talk about it and just mm-hmm. debate it. And like, if the person is wrong, then the person is wrong. Right. You know. Yeah. And so, so is the best I, medicine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're, it's, we're, it's the the thing that's going to reveal the truth. Honestly, is just putting in the into open discussion i i I, yeah i don't entirely uh, agree i think that showing certain uh, lifestyles or bad behavior can actually normalize it though i think we're probably gonna have to agree to disagree on that point if we're having a broader conversation about whether this debate should happen my main point here is that even with the framework that you can argue like an expert shouldn't be having a conversation with a non-expert about this or there are some ideas so heinous that it would be wrong to discuss them or debate them publicly this certainly doesn't fall into that category well and i'll also add this we'll just hold on um, I will also say here that what is being what is being posited here is uh, a non-medical expert having a debate on a podcast with a doctor. Now, interestingly enough, I actually think that would debatably make it more of a layup for the other side, right? What they should be saying is it wouldn't be right for me to debate a non-medical expert. Therefore, get me a doctor. Get a doctor on your show who disagrees with me so he and I can have the conversation. Or get a panel of doctors. Let me bring other doctors who are specialists in the different like, field uh, that that or the different fields that would contribute to this conversation. And then you get doctors uh, who are on the other side of the question. But it's not like enough. Dr. Malone, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, but 
but, but, but the thing is, like, like to your argument mm-hmm. about, like, you know, whether it's the minor attracted persons, whatever. Well, so they're pedophiles. That'll call them minor attracted yeah, people. Well, that's what I'm saying. Whatever terms they use for themselves. Now, right? Well, let's not use their terms. Let's not you, use their right. terms. They yeah. got the but, terms but you start to lose right no, there. But here's, but here's the thing. Is you, that, you mean a debate about with someone who believes that. Well, mm-hmm. if, okay. Right, like, right, for example, what has turned more people to the right is the fact that LGBTism is running rampant. It's now at the corporate level. That has turned more people to the right and it's turned more people to conservatism. It's turning people back into the churches. Our churches are being filled. My pastor, when he baptized my daughter, was saying that those are the most teenagers that they've baptized at one single point. And it's wow. because people are seeking Christ because the left wow. has completely gone berserk. I mean, look, you know, Charlie Kirk, great guy. For a couple of years, he was parading around, you know, Rob Smith. I respect that he's a veteran. I'm a veteran myself. But people were arguably asking him, if we're fighting the culture war and we're against LGBTism because we're conservatives or we're Christians, then why are you around going going around with uh, uh, Rob Smith? Like, what does that do to help fight the culture who is, war? Who is Rob yeah. Smith? I'm not familiar with the story. He is, uh, 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 like, from Florida, I think. He mm-hmm. is a U.S. veteran, and he's openly homosexual. I think mm-hmm. he has, like, a partner. Yeah, but he doesn't like push the LGBT agenda. Like, he, has, he isn't... You're, 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 you're lying right now because you're saying that he's going with Charlie Kirk to promote the LGBT again. No, agenda. no, that's not what and I I've said. never seen Rob no, Smith I never, or Charlie Kirk ever do that. I've ne- I never said that our Charlie Kirk was going around with Rob Smith and you deliberately conflated. LGBT. You deliberately conflated both of that. No, what I am saying is what what I'm saying is if we have the open debates. People can show up and make the counter argument and be like, hey, this is wrong. We don't believe in this. And guess what? Rob Smith is no longer as but far as I know. But did you just part- say that Turning Point shouldn't deny people the right to come speak at events? And now you're saying that Charlie Kirk shouldn't like, be on stage No, with what somebody? I'm saying is... No, you, Charlie- ju- you literally just said that. No, that's not what I said. If you Charlie literally Kirk just professes to be a Christian man and he is a conservative, what, what business does he have with an openly homosexual man going around campuses? Why can't he find another Christian conservative to go around and push the same point? Look, I'll be very honest with you. I don't follow Rob Smith. Why? Because I genuinely, like, what what has he said that has really impacted my life? Nothing. So why would I partner with someone? So why are you bothered by him so much? No, it's not that I'm bothered. I was getting to the argument about having open debate. People went out to to, um, uh, Charlie Kirk and said, hey, if we're fighting the culture war and we're pushing back against this, then why are you out here with Rob Smith, who is openly for it and goes to his social medias. I mean, it was kind of like the whole Dave Rubin thing, right? We're, we're pushing about against transgenderism and all stuff, but like Blair White, right? Transgender person, but the conservatives will hell her. Like Caitlyn Jenner, oh, because she's on our side. But it's like, well, no, not really. We're fighting against this in general. Not just because, oh, well, they just happen to be trans and leftist. So that's why we're against it. Well, then, okay, but as a Christian, are you against it completely? Or are we just like, well, now we have base trans people on our side and this is that. I respect Blair White and whatever, you know, that guy's uh, advocating for. I respect people like Ross Smith. They all have their own audience or whatever it is. And with, with what I'm saying is it took Catholic people to come up to Charlie Kirk and say, look, if we're supposed to be a Christian conservative group, and we're trying to fight the culture war, especially with the rise in LGBTism at the corporate level, then why are we doing the same thing? I think like it's, it's because just socially, socially, we're just moving leftward, both on the conservative side and on the liberal side. It's, it's because um, the, most of the religious movement that's pushing back against the political movement of, I guess you see LGBTQIA plus political movement, not the people themselves, is it never had any nice. animosity towards the sexuality itself. There are like very uh, traditional religious sects that do, but the the broader Christian movement is more concerned with the indoctrination of children, whether they're gay, straight, trans, 
uh, Christians, whatever. And I think it it's okay. It's okay for religions to ebb and flow and change over time. So, but the word of God is forever, though, man. You know, like I I agree that there's a lot of Christians that say, well, you know, it's about the kids. Really, this is about the kids. I mean, I was called a religious bigot because I said this all started with same-sex marriage. And the moment you Further acknowledge back, contraceptives, mm. but uh, I agree that well, this no, yeah, sooner. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, like Divorce. the thing is, if again, if you are a Christian, like it should always be at the very beginning. We should have been fighting it. And again, look, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Forty-five states went out and said, "Hey, we need Roe v. Wade back." When same-sex marriage happened, there was not a single state that went out there as Christians or as a church and said, "We need to unite all forty-five states and fight against same-sex." same-sex marriage you can call me a bible thumper you can call me sure religious bigot you can call me marriage. you can call me a mediterranean thinking or, or medieval thinking sorry not mediterranean thinking medieval <laughs> thinking about food right now yes. about shawarma we're talking Go. about the armenian parents but look at the core when people like and and i feel like we tiptoe a lot around this like christian conservatives were like well maybe if we just focus on the kid part maybe we can just leave it all out it's like no dude caitlin jenner bad blair white blood rob uh, bad Rob Smith, bad. Again, I can respect them as people. And and you guys, case in point, my my son in a locker room with two, two trans kids, What did, the first thing I told them, you don't go ill, you don't say I hate you, and you don't, they're, they're human beings at the end of the day, because that's what Christians are taught, right? Christians are taught to hate. We're taught like, hey, dude, you don't, you respect and you love them and you pray for them. That's what you do. But step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know well, that was that was my that was my argument about that because if if you allow for the open debate and the open to, to have people there, then people will push back eventually. Like. For example, pedophiles. If they start having a, a national pedophile convention or whatever yeah. it might be, you should uh, shut that down immediately. Nambla, you do whatever. everything to shut that no, down. No, but here's but here's the thing. Why not do the same thing for in, in Texas? They're well, openly let's give, able let's give to Seamus. So that's you. Yeah. You've thrown out a lot, Seamus. I'd yeah, love to hear so your response to really this question. I guess of association. Mm -hmm. Should the conservative movement associate, that's which is really question. what what your what your point is there? The conservative movement, the populist movement, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. this associate with individuals mm. like that because uh, there may be certain lifestyle choices that Christians and conservatives disagree with. Does mm. associating with these people uh, degrade the, the Christian message? And are there times, obviously in any coalition, there's gonna be friction, are there times when there is friction between the Christian message and the conservative message, the conservative movement? That's a great question. And there's a whole lot to get into with the answer I'm going to give there. I want to say, firstly, when you're examining whether it makes sense to have somebody as an advocate for your movement, one question that you need to ask is, what is this person publicly promoting in other forums? Also, how socially accepted is the thing that they're promoting and is our working with them going to aid them in their activism for pushing for things which we know uh, are bad? And then there's also the question of 
what are we working towards with with this person? Is there an expectation being created that I am now uh, on the side of the perverse things they're promoted or, or, or promoting or am interested in working with them on those things? So when it comes to a lot of people on the right who are saying, you know, I'm openly homosexual or I'm transgender and I have no plans of stopping being either of those things, but I'm on the right and I agree with conservatives on X, Y, and Z. I think that if you have to work with someone to accomplish a certain goal and they're not promoting the bad things that they're doing, that's one question. But then you have to ask yourself another question, which is, am I only trying to find someone from a marginalized identity group to say these things for me because I am too cowardly to simply say as a straight male who does not struggle with a any kind of sexual perversion that would push him away from being interested in women, that perversion is perversion, that evil is evil, that you can't harm children, that Democrats are trying to destroy this country and many Republicans are collaborating with them. And that's a that's a massive question that I think a lot of conservatives need to start to confront themselves with. When you have these YouTubers who promote a perverse lifestyle to their audience members, but they also say conservative things. Are, are you promoting that person's work because you genuinely think the angle they have on this is so unique and valuable to our movement that it nullifies any concerns we might have about what they're promoting to a young audience? Or are you just too scared to state your opinions without feeling that you need to use a gender or sexual or, or even a, a, any other... Uh, person who'd be considered marginalized or, or a gender or sexual minority to, to make your case for you because you're too scared. Yeah. Right. So you're, what you're talking about is tokenism, mm -hmm. right? And, yeah. and there is a difference. I, I agree with you that there would right. be a difference if people were holding up someone like Scott Pressler as an example of tokenism. I've never heard anyone refer to Scott Pressler as the LGBT activist, Scott Presser, mm -hmm. because he's not. He's a Republican activist. Mm -hmm. He's someone who's out there in the trenches, state after state, campaign after campaign, every single day for the last, I think, eight years since I've known him, campaigning for Republican candidates. Yeah. He's never, one, I've never once heard him say a thing about his personal sexuality or combined the two into politics, yeah. or by the way, tried to use that as some sort of, you know, shield against criticism. Exactly. He just doesn't do it. That being said, the man's an absolutely effective operator and a passionate, hashtag the persistence, uh, fighter for the movement on that cause. And so, to to write him off and say no you you know you can't associate with this I don't think that's the right move uh, same with Rob Smith same with a number of people Look, the question is what are they promoting right what are they well, promoting outside right. of the thing that you agree on I guess the and way, that's a huge part of my but point Ian you were gonna yeah say yeah sorry. Oh, I was thinking about Blair White, who we've had on the show uh, multiple mm -hmm. times, and we reflected after the first episode, like, wow, we didn't even bring up trans at all. Mm -hmm. We were just hanging out right, with Blair, yeah. man. That's the way it's supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. And that, and I agree with you. I've worked with Scott Presser. We just did a, a cleanup about a month ago, but because he stays focused on the political. And I'm not saying that you can't have people, uh, you know, come on. And for example, I think, I think of anything the way I do a church. Would mm -hmm. you ever appoint anyone that is LGBT as part of head of the church? What do you mean by head of the church? Like at, at any position, so like, like in, a deacon I know that in, in, or as in a the bishop, Catholic, as a cardinal. Yeah, so so in the Catholic Church, you're actually not, they're not supposed to ordain you a priest if you're homosexual. They're actually not allowed to. It happens. It oh, definitely does it? happens. Oh, well, yeah, does it? Yeah, 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 because it happens, does it but happen? it's not supposed to. Right. Yeah, it's okay, not supposed right. to. So to me, I, I take that standard. It's and a I broken say, rule. I, I apply yeah. it to everything in life. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't apply it to church, why are we doing it to Christian mm -hmm. conservative organizations? Now, I'm not saying they cannot work, right? We just had the whole debate with the, uh, 
um, with the Chosen, where they had an LGBT flag on on set, and now people are canceling the Chosen. This is not, and I think Candace Owens, I think poorly. Uh, you know, again, massive respect for everything she does. I'm not, I'm not here. You know, I'm, I'm not like on this rampage or crusade to go after anyone. I respect all these people because they're pioneers and they've built something way more than I could probably achieve. I don't know what God has planned for me yet. You know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty young. I, I'd like to say, but um, I, I don't know what He has planned for me yet. But what I will say is that she kind of downplayed it as like, look, we we have to hire these people. The the first thing that I thought about was uh, Project Veritas. Project Veritas before the whole James O'Keefe fallout, they had a liberal uh, principal or like some kind of superintendent that said, "Oh, there's ways for us to find out how to get rid of of conservatives during the hiring process." And once again, we prove that liberals are going uh, are willing to go above and beyond to make sure that they hire the right people. Conservatives yeah. were willing to use tokens. We're willing to say like, well, you know what? I would never say this, but if we just hire this person, they can say it for us. And then we can just say like, oh, well, you know what? Um, we, we can't really discriminate against these people. It is a, it is a corporation. You run it. You, you, you claim to be Christian conservative. Like you should be the one deciding these things. Now, again, like you said, if we want, you know, Scott Presser, I think he does really great things. It's why I work with him. But again, never once ever. He doesn't start off his his speeches with like, "Hey guys, I'm you know I'm totally this or totally that. Here's my sexuality." He this will. He's that. never done it. He never. Will never do exactly. That. But I mean, let me, gays, let me make, gays against groomers. What I mean has come out, and there's there's a whole movement about you know separating the T from. There's, there's a lot there. There's mm -hmm. a, it's a complex. Look, I'm going to throw the bottom line on this, and I want to get to another story before we want to go to super chats. Obviously, we're going to have a lively, very lively yeah. 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, discussion. It's going to get worse. Where I think it's, <laughs> folks, it's going to get a lot Hot worse, and twisted. I promise you, uh, because we're going to be talking about all this, and then we're going to add guns. Um, that <laughs> Not like literally to the room, where we mean like well, in, in, in the conversation. Yes, yeah. yes. Spirit yes. Spirit in the conversation, conversation on guns. Yourself, look, uh, I, at the end of the day, look, we're up against a regime. We're up against the globalist American empire. We're up against billionaires. We're up against people who have massive resources in terms of money, massive resources in terms of influence. And we have individuals doing this by themselves, people doing this independently. It would be so much easier to just go along with whatever the narrative of the day is. Just go along, go along with funding Ukraine, go along with vaccines, go along with LGBT, like the entire agenda, go along with all of these things. And so when you are in a time limited situation and you are seeking allies and you have the ability to find someone who says, you know what, I will fight with you. I will come with you and I'll fight with you. We may not agree on hundred percent of the things we may not agree with hundred percent of the issues, but I agree with you now. And I'm, right. I will be with you in this fight and that I will look to my left and look to my right and who's with me in the foxhole. And I will see who's there. And if that person is with me, then I'm going to fight with that person because I don't have the luxury of being able to litmus test on this, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about another case that's yeah. going on right now. It's a completely amen, separate man. thing, yeah, but amen. a separate a separate gear. Look, we've all been talking about it. It's massive on the internet. It's massive everywhere. This thing about the Titanic five, these guys talking about a race for time. They're down there. They're possibly, we don't know if they're still alive. We have no idea if they're alive right now. Everyone that I know is talking about this situation right now. But you know what's interesting, and and Seamus, you and I were talking before uh, we got on air about this. There are people who are rooting for them to die. Yep. There are people who are rooting for the ocean in mm -hmm. this situation. And look, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'll say this with you know, 
I don't wear the beanie right now, but with my my former you Navy, have a friend named Jack. I have a friend who named is, named yeah. Poso who's a former Navy officer. Uh, th- these guys are in miracle territory. They're in they're in hail mary territory at this point. It's it is it is not likely right now that they will be saved uh, due to a number of factors: the severe and extreme depth that the Titanic is at, the fact that this thing has, as far as we know, has not surfaced. Uh, They have an emergency procedure where it can resurface very quickly. It doesn't appear to have done that. Uh, It's sustained some kind of damage. Um, There's been questions about the hull uh, integrity. And if the hull is breached, I mean, it's They've been done the whole time. Yeah, exactly. As far as we know, um, there's no way you, any human can survive at that depth, and certainly not at that pressure. You'd be you'd be killed instantly, basically, if the whole if there was a whole breach. Um, that being said, even if there wasn't, to be able to find this thing, get submersibles down there, it's you you just don't have enough time. You don't have enough air. But what is going on where there are people who say, "Well, these guys are rich. You know what? They get what they deserve." And I think we talked about it before, and Serge, you at the point as well. Yeah. We're always told, we're always told that, oh, we're, we don't hate the rich. We just love the poor so much. Yep. <laughs> They're exploiting the poor. We just love the poor. Really? Because I, you can go and look up, I think it's called the Titan. You can look up the Titan, type it in Twitter right now, and you will see people arguing and cheering, celebrating the fact that mm-hmm. they want these people to die now and getting thousands of likes and, retweets. And, it's, and it's everywhere. And I don't, it's not friends. You know, I don't necessarily think that these guys are. You know, heroes. I don't know if they're they're expl- they're not Lewis and Clark. Okay, they're not they're, Mag- exp- they're, yeah, they're, they're not explorers. Magellan. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, there, there's people that have that have pioneered these areas before. They are mm-hmm. they taking a risk? Yes, it is a foolhardy risk. I would say probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, they're human beings. Yeah, and they have families. And yeah. and to say that because this person is wealthy, I hate them, and I'm going to celebrate their death is an absolutely sick thing to say. It shows you exactly how hateful they are. I'm going to quote somebody. I, I I saw a tweet from an account called Good Tweetman and. What he said was, all of the people who are saying they hope these people died and rooting for them having a horrible death are the same people who say, um, I just want everyone to have health care. That's my yeah, form of extremism. That's so funny. And it's true. Now, this just goes to show you that the vast majority of people who call themselves socialists or leftists are, in truth, envious. Yep. They want to tear people down who have more than them. They want to see people who have more than them suffer and even die. There's there's a very intense darkness here, even though they claim that they don't hate these people. Now, conservatives, for example, uh, will be accused of hating gay people basically all the time. If I heard a group of gay people died in a submersible or in some other horrible way, I wouldn't be going, oh, this is wonderful. I don't. I don't cheer for the deaths of people whose choices I disagree with and who I don't like. Like my, my, my desire for people, if I think they're doing something wrong, is for them to repent, turn to God, have a good life, and get to heaven. Not and for them to, no to die, to go and sin no more and repent. Not to die a horrible death. So anyone who, who makes a claim like this, anyone who says that it's good that these people died, they've lost the moral high ground. But to be fair, most of them lost the moral high ground long ago. <laughs> And their worldview is about hatred, anger, and I'll, I'll leave you with this. Most of the time, when people are calling for equality, what they're, actual, what they're actually calling for is 
a celebration of themselves and their own aggrandizement. Because it's very rare that somebody who's calling for equality is actually doing the work to help people who are beneath them in terms of wealth or social status. True. They're almost always looking to the people who are higher than them and saying, it is criminal that I'm not on their level, that they occupy a higher position than me. Everything that we were saying about pride earlier, these are prideful people who are saying, any system that doesn't place me at the top is one which is fundamentally corrupt, and so I will celebrate when people who are above me die. Which is also which is also envy. Ian, I want to get your take because we, we got to get you in the conversation here a little bit more. Look, I know you've been, you've been, you've been crunching the numbers. You're looking at the submersible. You've got the science background. What would be the Ian Crossland way to try to get this sub up? Oh man. Deep sea lasers, um, like laseroscopy, some, some way to map the, the vibrations of it is so small and the ocean is so huge and currents take you so fast. We were watching these jet stream currents that things can get caught up in. They lost contact with the mothership. These things aren't submarines. They're submersibles. They can't go under alone. So they lost contact at 45 minutes, 45 minutes. It was going to take them two hours to get down. And at 45 minutes, I thought it was an hour and a half. So as you said, is it only two minutes. hours to get down? I thought it was like eight. I didn't realize okay, maybe two and, two and a half. half. Oh. I think oh. I saw two and a half. So, really? But, but okay. It was only, it was before they were even mm -hmm. reached the bottom that they, that they disappeared off, off contact. So that was like, I don't know, Sunday, Saturday, Sun no, it was before, yes, Saturday. And then I think, I think the hour and a half was the final uh, distress call. Right. An hour and a half was the final distress call. Purportedly, they've got another 12 hours of oxygen on board. Um, but that's assuming that there hasn't been a, a breach. hull breach. Right. A hull breach. I don't know if they're hooked on the Titanic somewhere, if they're caught in algae, if they're on a net, Maybe. if they got washed away and they're stuck under a rock yeah, somewhere seven miles away. They, they could actually be... Yo, they could actually be inside the Titanic because there was a, a story that someone else, this is not the first uh, voyage of this sub. And there was a guy who said that when they went down the last time, they actually essentially landed on the deck of the Titanic. Look, this thing's been down there for a hundred years. If you're trying to land on the yeah, deck of something crush, under that pressure, pressure you know, yeah, the Titanic wasn't designed like, to, to operate at that pressure. It was no. surface level. It's a surface ship. Um, there's a... There's a, a it's, a, it's a kind of black humor, but saying it now, but uh, there's a there's a line in the in the Navy that every ship can be a submarine once. Mm. Mm. It's kind of like how the Ukrainians found out that any any vehicle can be a minesweeper once <laughs> um, in the current counteroffensive. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, but they could have they could have been attempting another one of these landings to say, hey, we're on the deck of the Titanic, and then believe it or not, we could actually be seeing an increase in the death toll of the Titanic itself. Oh, yeah. Well, but then the question is, if that's a, a realistic possibility, I mean, why haven't they been searching there or why haven't they looked there? I mean, I imagine it's difficult to get a submersive out I'm there sure, to do I'm that sure kind of a first, rescue I'm operation. I'm sure it's the first place they checked. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that being said, it could just be because uh, just because of the severe depth, mm -hmm. uh, again, that's okay. Navy hat back on. Uh, you can't you can't just get one of these submersibles there on station immediately. Yeah. It's not like you know, it's not a Marvel movie. It's not the Avengers. The plane doesn't just like fly in from you know the across the skies and then everyone just flies down to the bottom of the sea. You, know, you have to get it. You have to spin it up. You have to get it powered. You have to get it set. You have to dial in the parameters for where you're going. Uh, you have to get it on station. Um, you can't just fly something out and drop it in. Typically, you need a ship tender for one of these things. Uh, so you need another ship that needs to be prepared. Then that ship has to go out at ship speed so you're talking about 10 hours 12 hours just to get on station once you've got the the uh, remote operated vessel that's there remote operated vehicle that's on station so i mean you're you're fighting against the clock the entire time the ocean is massive uh this is way way down and it's, it's possible that even if they have something yeah. down there they have no clue exactly what was going on and 
Well, the controller disconnected. It could right? be attacked. Right. Yeah. The thing was done. It was controlled by a, a Logitech controller. That's insane. Look at video this game thing. controller. Yeah. A video game controller, thirty dollars. Logitech stock yeah. took a hit. I was reading well, today. I, as soon as <laughs> soon as I um, I heard about this story, my conspiracy hat came back on, and I was like, dude, the Titanic is still taking down billionaires. Because I, I'm sure you guys have probably heard <laughs> yeah, that like yeah, yeah. that oh, people yeah. on the Titanic uh, initially were like bankers that they didn't want to do the Federal Reserve. John so Astor they, was one of them, I think. Right. Yeah. And then that's where you know Jekyll Island and the bankers there, and then that's when they started the Federal Reserve. Oh, here stuff. we go. Like, here so we yeah, go. I, I just, <laughs> that's why my conspiracy. Which, by, by, the way, by the way, by the way, I just saw Jack, on on Daily I mean, Mail Tim. real quick, right, right, real quick on Daily Mail that I saw one of the and and uh, one of the members of. The current crew, the Titanic Five that's on there right now, are actually descendants of people who died on the original they Titanic. Want, oh, oh, that's so man. sad. Too. Well, they wanted to see how you know their their uh, ancestor died. That's a sad thing. They're, they're going to explore crazy. the site of where a family member died, and that's crazy. now they very well may die. And 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 you know, people uh, on the left think that's wonderful. So. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I will, I'll ask you this. At the depth that they were lost, about 45 minutes in is is when contact was lost. Initial and then contact you said, was lost, Okay. Yes. So my question for you is, approximately what depth would they be at at that point? Do, do you have a good answer for that? Or is that sort of outside of your... You'd be at, at least a couple hundred feet down. Okay. So then my question is... If not a couple could, thousand. Yeah, yeah. What, what could happen at that depth? I mean, would this just have been a problem with the submersible itself? Or are there currents that could come sweep you away very quickly honestly I mean, all of the above okay okay uh, it's, it's honestly all of the above because in this thing which which appears to be somewhat slapped together mm. if you've watched any of the videos um if you've got a if you've got a de rapid depressurization if you've got a hull breach if you've got any issues with that i mean it's it's lights out very very quickly for the record from usa today they lost contact about an hour and 45 minutes okay hour 45 so mm -hmm. close to i think they were going about two hours down and so so you're several thousand thirteen thousand feet, feet uh it was going to take them to thirteen thousand feet thirteen thousand um, is where the titanic is three-fourths of the way down or so it looks like they so were. You're, you're most of the way down that is that is deeper than active um most submarines operate so like your 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 typical uh, military submarine is deeper than that that's deeper than most biologic so your whales um you're talking maybe uh this that's your deep sea fish environment um you know obviously there's questions about giant squid but typically you're not finding much um large mammal life or any large biological life that's going to be down that far and i think uh, judge janine actually talked on it today on fox i think she was talking about it um where uh i guess the reason why there's so many people like there's an uptick on people visiting the titanic because i guess they're giving it like another 10 years before it completely just disappears like due to you know corrosion or whatever it might be so uh they're talking about how there's going to be like uh i don't know maybe it was uh 
they're they're trying to pump out as much money doing this because what is it like two hundred fifty thousand yes. per, per ticket per, per ticket, ticket five yeah. people hundred you know that's money I wish I had you know but I probably wouldn't spend it on uh, that personally give but, it to uh, a charity for Peter Hotez right. <laughs> that's about the same amount yeah no seriously and um uh, but uh, I wonder what this is gonna do now you know like people are gonna be like dude I don't want to get lost down there you know because my PlayStation controller I, disconnected it, it, if anything positive ever were to come out of this it could be the understanding of the risk involved with taking right. one of these submiss submersibles yeah. down under that deep yeah so, look and I, and I actually i had the opportunity to do a, a ride along in a, a navy sub once out of um out of kings bay georgia and when you're down and this is this is what, something that i think people like you they watch movies like you know the, the little mermaid you know um <laughs> you know why don't they send an ariel um no and worries. um and you know, it's not like that down there. You you go down below the thermocline, you go down below, uh, sunlight can only get so far, mm -hmm. right? On, because the salt blocks it, right? So you eventually get to a point where the, the thickness of the salt blocks air or blocks light from becoming coming down, the air changes, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, they say, are there portholes on the sub? It's, well, no, because you can't see anything. And then even with uh, super bright, you know, halcyon lights, et cetera, that hal halogen lights, you're not going to see much further than like your hand in front of your face. That's outside wow. of the sub because of the salt density. The light doesn't travel all, far all, outside. All, all of that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you can get, and that's, that's why this footage, whenever you do see footage, like the James Cameron footage, et cetera, of the Titanic, you're only seeing like very, you know, close zoomed so in close, yeah. photos because, or, or video footage, because the light just can't travel that far at, uh, with that pressure and with the salinity of the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's it's really remarkable the fact that human beings have been able to go to such depths, the fact that we've been able to engineer crafts that are capable of bringing people to the bottom of the ocean safely and then all the way back up. Obviously, uh, the construction of such a craft has to be done in an unbelievably cautious way with every single detail paid close attention to. And it's possible that this is a case of that not having been done. You know, Tim, you, you mentioned that it looked a little bit slapped together. On the other hand, I don't know, maybe this thing was perfectly well constructed. And something came uh, out of the way and hit it. I'm curious if you have any more expertise on that. Like how how frequently does this kind of thing happen with a craft which is well made? It, I mean, not necessarily hit it, but was swept away by a current or something else happened. I guess my question is how, how um, often does it happen where a well-made, sturdy craft that it was constructed safely disappears underwater like this. It's it's not it's not often at all. That mm -hmm. being said, mini subs are in general they're they're viewed as kind of death traps by a lot of people in the navy. Hmm. Um, I I don't know too many navy guys that have submarine experience or even navy divers that would do this on a, on a regular basis without something that was very well taken care of. That being said, I mean even navy seals others they just don't they're not they're not doing stuff like this for fun. They're using and they're operating it much shallower depth than this but uh we are getting into the last one minute so i don't want to yeah, deny super the super chats oh, yeah. that are in here by the way i do see one of the users i'm not going to say it but someone actually uh knows the navy units that poso was a member or well deployed in at one point actually two points in a sense uh when he was in the uh when he was in the navy so Ooh, pretty cool do tell pretty, so represent represent mu5 represent mu5 Mm. Well, like that's it. all we need to say about that. Uh, so let's go in there. So if you want to highlight the ones that yep. we want to get into here, let's go through. So the West is becoming more authoritarian. We got to read who. Uh, oh, yeah. Who it is. This is coming from uh, I'm not your buddy guy. Love who him. We usually oh, that's the that's the I'm not your. OK, I'm like, right, is that right, the name? Right, yeah. I'm yes. not your buddy guy. The West. I thought there was another comment. The West is becoming more authoritarian by the day. At what point are we no different than China? The future seems bleak to me as 
a Canadian. Look, uh, you know, we we talk about China and we say, oh, China, we, 10 years ago, we'd say, can you believe China's banning people from the internet? Can you believe China's yep. locking up people because of what they said on the internet? Look at them, they're crazy, they're authoritarian, they're socialist. Can you believe China is stopping people from making purchases online because of their online activity? And now look at us. Yeah, well, exactly when that happens in, in China, you know, it's we call it tyrannical and rightly so. When it happens in the United States, we say, build your own platform. Exactly. They're well, a private company. They right. do whatever they want. What, what I will argue is people need to start realizing that we're at wartime right now. This is the largest scale spiritual attack, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. on the United States. And Fifth what people need to understand is that, uh, you know, you can, you can let go of your libertarian... Uh, meme of live and let live. It's really rule or be ruled. In times of war, it's rule or be ruled. Everyone believes in something, whether it's religion, God, government, whatever it is. Those that believe their ideas are better than yours are going to fight tooth and nail to impose those authorities over you, as we have clearly seen in the last three years. You got to authority can only be fought with authority man you know and and i was a libertarian in 2019 2018 i'm like yeah sure who cares man you know this is a dude 2023 being on the front lines of los angeles like i said man there's no political movement that firmly grasps my my beliefs and what i think needs to be done in america look to, I, to I, I hear that so much where people are saying that you know they wanted to do the live and let live thing and then just realize that the other side isn't willing to do that and if they're not no, willing right to on. do that exactly. then then suddenly you have to change your way of thinking because wait wait, wait a minute you actually care about my family and our choices yeah what do you do next? Let's go to the next right. one of these. Um, uh, Ian says, I think the AI just won a live deep fake. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I have no clue what they're no talking about here. Obviously, there. I'm not a deep fake. I'm live. That's how I'm reading you. Uh, let's go. Matthew Rue says, I hope Tim gets better and we see him soon. Been missing his wonderful voice this week. Tim is great. Tim's on assignment right now. Uh, Tim's taking care of some special operations. Hopefully, uh, hopefully maybe being able to help those guys down the Titan. We'll find out. Yep. We'll find out what Tim's up to Tim. when Tim Prime returns. True that. Uh, let's go with this guy right here. Uh, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. A very strange comment. Jack, welcome to the hosting of IRL. I have no idea who that is. Yeah. A well done, is excellent show yeah. tonight. Did you feel at home in the in the seat? Spin that buy pillow button. Well, look, you know, I, I assume you're referring to Jack Wasobic. The no, the, no, 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 no. He's handsome. doing like the Biden thing. Where, come on, Jack. Yeah. Oh, come like, on, it's, Jack. Everyone's doing it now. Yeah, everyone's talking about the pillow. And when he's talking about the pillow, he's not talking about my pillow promo he's code. Poso, the, yeah. Poso, the affordable, the rhetorical and Jack, healthy way to not only get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, but also increase your testosterone over time what? as you increase your sleep. Studies show hmm. that you can double, if you double your sleep, if you're getting four hours, if you're getting uh, five hours, as some people are, if you double that, you can increase the amount of your testosterone. It's just out there. I'm just wow. saying. Sounds like a psyop to get conservatives to sleep. What do we have next? Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. And, and, and that's of course, why, that's I, why. That's why the left calls themselves woke. Yes, yeah. I was. I, I, was, I, I must awake. have been. I must have been totally wrong because I assumed that he was referring to the the handsome and brilliant wow. host of Human Events. He's brilliant. Jack, uh, Jack Jack He's definitely brilliant. I don't know about. Yeah. Kind of. Where, where are we going next, Serge? Where are we going? This guy right here. Matthew Schneider. Imagine if Hunter Biden were black, he'd definitely be going to jail for 15 years. <laughs> well, wasn't there that artist that actually was black and he ended up getting three years? in prison for the same there was like a, a article today that said that he was um, also uh, on the board of Burisma again this is no, this is I, the three look, look there was an artist that your, the same charges and he ended up gaining three you years can go through, you can go through you can go through list out. after list after list of people that have been charged with the where, who have committed the same crime and then gotten nowhere near the same sentence yeah. and again 
your level of surprise at this story is directly correlated to your level of paying attention. Correct. If you've been paying True. attention, if you're a listener of this show or any of the shows that we all do, then I, you shouldn't be surprised. You Not shouldn't at be surprised at, at all. all because that is what part of the movie we are in. We are very close to the third act showdown. We are very close to the the climax, the denouement, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this will be the final show. And that's going to be November 4, 2024. Um, this is not, you know, True. this is not some early, right. As you said, you know, Oh, live and let live, you know, let's just dialogue it out. You know, as the, the yeah, I know those days are long over. And it's funny. Cause somebody in the camera's like, yeah, buddy, I'm not going to let you rule. You, you don't understand how authority oh, I gotta, works. You I got to read this. I got to read this next one. Grofty just gifted 10 Timcast IRL memberships. That's what we're talking wow. about. Nice. Grofty. That's oh. huge. Huge. Timcast.com. Click join us. You have to sign up. Look, we're going to have a very spicy chat about a certain comment that President Biden made today mm -hmm. about uh, F-16s, the Second Amendment. I think he said F-15, too. God, so yeah, yeah, F-15, which, which are essentially yeah. retired. Yeah, you know, that, retired but, that, but he's essentially retired. Yeah, so basically. It so it does make sense. <laughs> yeah. That this is, look, look, we, we are going to get into some of the logistics of his statement, which and we were, look, we were talking beforehand. I said... Look, this is the kind of conversation that's going to get us into the YouTube red zone pretty yep. quick. So you and, need well, to yeah. be a member in order to sign it, uh, in order to listen. And oh, by the way, if you've been a member for six months, if you have that $25 tier and additionally, you can then call in and we're going to be taking calls as well. It's I, on I, I also want to mention this with Biden's comments. He said that the Second Amendment does not protect your right to own a cannon or did not protect the right to own a cannon. That is literally not true. That is that is actually not true. There was a merchant who wrote a letter to one of the founders asking if it was legal for him to have cannons on his private ship. And they said yes. Which was something that happened at that time. In yeah. fact, the original United States Navy was essentially just uh, privateers right. um, who had merchant ships that had cannons in order to defend themselves against the Navy, against piracy, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they were sort of, um, they were basically drafted into service, but right. they were still privately owned vessels. And the idea being that after the war, they would go back to being privately owned vessels. Yeah. All right, let's go next. Where are we going? Uh, Mutt Nunya says, you know, you're the first Californian I've ever heard talk like me and dig his heels in and say, this is my home. I'm not going anywhere. Gold country's got some stubborn old roots that won't leave. I hear you. There you go. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, again, uh, everyone has their own story to tell. Everyone has their family to think about. I, I agree. And I just think that at least for mainstream conservatives, Christians, it shouldn't be the first thing we think about. Um, it, it should be last resort. You've done every, you've exhausted all avenues. You know, if you, if you want to move, you, you got to, you know, go, go buy a home somewhere by all means. But to me, like I, I'm there, I'm, I'm in the fight. I'm using discernment of God. I feel like he's putting me in the front lines. Uh, eventually what I want to do, and I was talking to you guys about this, I want to do something similar to this, but in Los Angeles so that we can have uh, that charming young man, Jack Pasoybek from Human Events, come on over to Los Angeles. And after like a prayer walk, we can go ahead and, and talk to some folks, you know? So um, we, we need this. We need this, uh, not just in areas like this or, or Texas or red states. We need this in deep blue states so that we can also have uh, candidates on and we can talk local politics and we can tell people what you can do to get active. Maybe, right maybe if Seamus isn't busy sleeping on his mic, pillar who actually show up this time <laughs> listen Maybe. i had other commitments i made in you know as the as the the spanish would say a, a woman who prays uh all day but burns the soup may be half an angel but she's half a devil too you got to <laughs> you have to do your duties first wow yeah have wow. to do your duties the, first the, the abuelita outreach of, of, of james Coughlin. what do we have next um 
and, uh, from Sterling Wilson III. Anthony, as a California Bay Area native, you're absolutely right. We need to stay and fight for our states as a country. And you just lost it um, to take back these United States. Right on. Yeah, we're getting a lot of a lot of comments like that that just say they agree, totally agree with you. Awesome. Thank you. And, you know, one of the comments just real quick, I said, good, don't come to Texas. Bro, I don't want, I don't want to have to. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I right. love California. Why would I leave nice beaches what do you- for... Like a complete flat. What, what do you What do you think Ooh. about the What do you think about <laughs> the idea of potentially um, uh, splitting California up? What would you What would you say about that? Well, here's the thing. Like, if you look at a map of California, so first and foremost, I know I talk about deep blue, but only because I'm in Los Angeles area. Uh, there's no such thing as blue states. Uh, there are all red states, and we have blue, blue areas right. blue in those cities. in those areas. Blue metro areas. There's like one exception or two. Yeah, Illinois is like the perfect example of that, as far as I'm <laughs> yeah, concerned. Right? Yeah. You have you have yeah you have Cook County where Chicago is, and then the rest of the state is bright red. Just yeah, bright red. and um, you but know, like, but you were t- we were talking about cities earlier, yeah. like where now it's like oh now it's most major cities. Like I remember like maybe over a decade ago, people from Texas would be like, this would never happen in Houston. And this would never happen in Dallas. And then you had all these tech companies move out of California because of tax burdens or whatever. Now they're in Texas and now it's the cities. Now it's happening in Houston. Uh, earlier, we were talking about uh, the Temple of Satan. They're having, un- they're having unbaptisms in deep red Texas. My, my brother in Christ who's in Texas, I don't want to come to Texas because you guys are very complacent. You guys have a uh, Texas majority Republican legislature and you guys are allowing the Temple of Satan to roam freely in your cities. Well, now the conservatives have moved from this isn't happening in our cities. Now they're saying like, well, sure, it's happening in our cities, but let them try this in front of let my me- home. It's not going to happen. Let me read like, this well, comment from seated, from Kid ground. Truck Kid Truck ninety one fifty dollar super chat big one. Um, Want to throw this in for for Seamus because it's something that we haven't talked about yet tonight. Mm-hmm. He says, "Look, uh, he or she I actually don't know what's it just says kid." Um, look, I think it's important for us on the right not to ignore the actual problem with what Trump did. I like him, but it does look like he was making either dumb or bad decisions. The transcript of him talking about the documents is rather damning. Seamus, what would you say to that? Um, I guess I have to look into that a bit more deeply. My understanding is that the president of the United States has the authority to declassify these kinds of documents. And we know that Biden had documents stored, which he obtained as vice president and during his time in the Senate. So even if you want to argue that Trump was doing something nefarious, the reality is what Biden did was clearly worse because he actually didn't have any executive authority to do so. So if Trump is up to something sketchy, uh, it, it looks to me like it's something sketchy that he did legally, um, but it's also possible. I haven't looked into this deeply enough, so I'm happy to to look at those transcripts and I will be happy to come back I'll, on air and, and let and, you know and, if and I think I was wrong about that. But, you know, I'll turn it over to you, Tim. Well, so so Brett Baird uh, asked Trump about this in his in his response. And Britt Hume said his said Trump's and this was so funny because Britt Hume goes, oh, his 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 response was incomprehensible mm-hmm. um, and incoherent. And I said, OK, well, let me listen to it. And I, I go and look and he said, well, the reason that he said, number one, they were the documents that Trump, Trump said that the documents he was talking about in that were magazine clippings, newspaper clippings that he was holding and waving up because you can apparently on this transcript of the tape, which they won't release, hmm. right? Which is like already mm-hmm. kind of, you know, quite like that's a little sketchy to begin with that you're, you're indicting a guy based on a tape that we can't listen to that you claim to have heard. And yet we 
aren't allowed to hear it, but you tell us that you have a transcript. Because uh, how many times has it happened before where the DOJ, the government will come out with some claim and then defense lawyers get to it and they hack away at it and they hack away at it. And then eventually we get information that says, oh, wait a minute. And and Trump is saying here, he's already making the claim and you can argue whether or not that it's a good idea to do this, but he's mm -hmm. litigating this um, before it gets to a court of law. He's going on national TV and he's made that decision, which is right as an American, obviously, to defend yourself in public before you get to the courtroom. Yep. Uh, every lawyer will tell you not to do that. But at the same time, you know, uh, those lawyers never became a billionaire in the president of the United States. <laughs> and so um, for him to say, look, these were newspaper clippings, magazine clippings. Why didn't I give the boxes back? Because I had personal records in there. Um, personal records that they didn't have the right to have back because they were mine. He said he had closed in there, other things. Again, when you look at those boxes, and we talked about this already, those were boxes that were just him packing up his office, right? So everything that you have in an office, there's some of your stuff, there's personal stuff, there's uh, mementos, gifts that people give you. That doesn't necessarily mean that everything in those boxes fell under this. And so the idea is that he should have just, oh, why didn't you turn them all over? Because, well, why should he? Those are his. Yeah, well, I'd also like to revise what I said to some extent, because I, I get the feeling after having said all of that, that it's probably unsatisfactory to the caller because I invoked what Joe Biden did when he was simply asking me to acknowledge the wrongdoing with what Trump did. So what I'll say is even striking all of that, if Trump did break the law here, then of course that was wrong. And your point is that something really bad could have happened here and we should acknowledge that it's bad. Well, it would have been really bad if he had colluded with the Russian government to subvert American democracy as well. But we now know that claim was totally bogus. So I don't know why I should trust now, the same point. On, on the and same day the time, that the yeah. Durham report and the Durham it, yes. hearing is going on telling us that the and, government and, lied, that the same department mm -hmm. of the same government lied for all these years. We should just yep. turn around and accept everything they say at face value. Exactly. No, so. so I'm saying I, I think they have an extremely high burden of proof. I would even say an extraordinarily high burden of proof because when they've gone after him in the past, they've turned out to be completely wrong despite making extremely confident claims about claims about their certainty that he had broken the law and that they were going to arrest him. And so I would say that I am inclined to not believe any of what they're saying. And I'm going to need to see really extremely strong evidence, an absolute smoking gun. I'm going to need to see that he was caught red-handed doing something illegal or nefarious here in order to believe that that's actually what took place. We also have, we have a chat, another $50 chat in Amos Moses. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, unpopular opinion. Uh, I, I'm assuming this is responding to uh, the Hunter Biden situation. He says, using crack isn't a disqualifier for owning a gun. The right of the people shall not be infringed fringed the founding fathers knew of drugs and alcohol but didn't mention it uh gym cast irl uh featuring shame shamus <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't mention crack i guess yeah but, <laughs> well they didn't have crack i mean i i think this they didn't is... have crack because the cia hadn't invented it yet <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um what, what i'll say is this i do think that uh smoking crack disqualifies one from firearm ownership and Part of the reason I will say that is because what the founders said and what they understood is that in order for the Constitution to be an even remotely sustainable framework for governing a population, they have to be a virtuous population. So the idea that we can trust everyone to own firearms does make sense when no one's smoking crack. Okay, but when you have crackheads running around, you either have to say, oh, we don't have a population that's virtuous enough to own guns responsibly, or well, they, they, or you know, we should this, let they, people they had... own guns, but not the people who are smoking 
crack. Well, you know what they did and have I'm back then was opium. I would say don't they smoke crack. Opium. Yeah, they had opium. And but uh, I, I guess I would say if if someone was running around smoking opium, the local authority was probably going to tell that person either not to keep their guns or they might tell them they, they might keep an extra eye on them. Right. So you didn't have the same oversight from Which, by the way, the was, federal was government. not legal in the states. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you didn't have the same like federal oversight. But if you if you look at how things were being done in any of the like colonies or states, yeah, there was local law enforcement. And if someone was smoking opium and also had a, a firearm or was using their firearm while smoking it, that would be dealt with by local authorities. I want to I want to read a couple here of that. I want to read a couple here. Uh, some people are talking about promo code Tanya, which is ridiculous because it doesn't exist. But actually, hold on, Serge. There's a few here of uh, former submariners who are coming in. Um, you know, a one of two. Um, this is from David Aramond, former submariner sonar tech. The only chance of finding them with a chance of being alive would be to use bottom mapping sonar. This is rare tech that is not going to be on station quickly. That's right. His second half is which he paid twice to be able to get two chats in right on. There are other options for searching with active sonar from a fast attack sub. However, at 13,000 feet, only a few vessels can get that deep. None of them are equipped for rescue and salvage. That's exactly right. And I was having the same exact uh, thought but uh, I, I think it's right. It's it's we we have tech, but we don't have tech on the right platforms. The speed, the time, none of it fits. Look, folks, it's been an incredible uh, first time out of the box here. Myself, Tim 2.0 will, of course, promote uh, human events, humanevents.com. Make sure you go check that out. 2 p.m. every day. TPaction.com. You want to check it out. Guys, let's go around. Shout mm -hmm. out your stuff. Uh, yeah, once again, thanks to everyone here uh, for having me, Tim Pool. Thank you so much. Great uh, conversation. Honor to be here, man. Yeah, honestly. And and again, no hate, man. Like I, None of the stuff that I brought up, it's just yeah. different mentality out in California, I guess, being on the front lines and stuff like that. But um, uh, if you guys want to follow me, I go by Inform with Anthony. Um, I What I do is I do stuff in English and Spanish. We've been uh, flipping districts. We've been flipping school awesome. boards. Uh, we flipped a, a one district that hadn't been flipped blue from blue to red since 1998 uh, i get down at the local level we have a lot of activism i'm part of the los angeles young republicans we're doing ballot harvest uh training we're getting into the churches uh that's actually an initiative that we're pushing a huge, lot is start huge. getting the ballot boxes at the um at, at the churches and so again all handles at inform with anthony including youtube i do a daily show monday to friday and texans if you really want me come and get me there baby uh, I'm Seamus Coglin. What I would like to shout out today is something that a number of you probably have heard me say if you've been uh, seeing me on podcasts lately or following me on Twitter, but there's a family at my church and they have a three-year-old little son named Seamus and he has skeletal dysplasia and he's having a very oh, dangerous man. surgery in the near future. So what I'm asking for people to do is pray for him and um, to pray for his family and I posted the prayer that his family is going to be praying. I can post it again in the, the comment section of this video if you guys want to look at that and say the, the same prayer that all of us are saying. But please send your prayers out to, to him and his family. Thank you, Seamus. Thanks, man. Amen. Um, and the same to the people on board the Submersible, the Titan. Prayer for these mm. people because sometimes you just look in the right place. Uh, I had a great time tonight. That was really fun. And uh, I felt like it, it was getting hot at points when we were talking about God and religion, and that's a good thing. I, I like that kind of that kind of almost too close to the sun kind of mentality because we yeah. got to get up there to see yeah. what's real, see what's happening down below. Jack, you're out there somewhere. Jack Posobiec. Ladies and gentlemen, MyPillow.com, promo code POSO. That's P-O-S-O. 
And uh, I want a special shout out to Tim Poole, who's out there in the Ethoverse somewhere listening and loving and having a great night. Tim, I love you, man. Tim this is, is really tra fun. He's actually traveling the multiverse right now. That's why Tim 2.0 is here. Tim Prime is traveling the multiverse. <laughs> uh, he will be back with Spider Powers very shortly. Um, look, folks, um, it's been a great night. Got to see, by the way, I have to say this. Uh, I got to see the world premiere, DC premiere of Sound of Freedom last night. Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard. I understand there's um, there's some talk about getting them on TimCast. Look, hardest show I've ever watched in my life. Um, have my rosary in my pocket. At one wow. point, Tanya turns to me and she, she thought I was talking to her. She thought I was saying something to her. I, I, was, I was just praying the rosary because I, I didn't know what else to do. Some of the stuff they show... These are little kids. Yeah. This this is real. So go to angel.com slash human events. Get the tickets. I, I'm going to I'm, I'm say right now, support this movie. But I'm going to tell you right now that um, this movie is not for the faint of heart. This is a movie that some people are going to want to turn off. I almost want, I wanted to walk out at times. Not because it was poorly made. It was fantastic. The production was incredible. The quality was incredible. But because of the content mm -hmm. and because I have two little boys at home, who and the very first thing I did when I got home was was walk up to them and just hold them, and and just give them a kiss on the forehead and say, "Daddy loves you," because they 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 show um, a little boy and a little girl being kidnapped and what happens to them after they are kidnapped by sex traffickers in South America, and it is pure evil. But God bless the people, um, Eduardo Verastegui, for making this film. Uh, CPAC for holding the premiere at Museum of the Bible. It was fantastic, really incredible. Um, also, just a shout out for back home. Um, I've talked before, and and Tim has talked about how you know I had this I had this great community back home um, when I was growing up, a town, a real town. And uh, I remember, you know, my dad used to he my dad worked at the local hospital on Fridays. We'd pick up his actual payroll. We would go and drop it off at the local bank at the branch, and then we'd stop into the paint shop because the paint shop was right next door to the bank. And my dad's best friend would work at the paint shop. And if we need to paint something at the house, we'd go, we'd go see Mike and, and Mike would, you know, he'd mix us up some paint and we'd get for him and he'd, he'd show us the color and we'd make sure it was the one my mom wanted, you know, and, um, and he passed away today, um, very suddenly. And so just, uh, just we're praying for his family, but it's also, it made me think about how those communities those tight knit communities that we used to have in this country are few and far between. And my children don't have communities like that anymore where they're friends with the people that I grew up being friends with and that my father was being friends with. And so those, that is what was taken from, from me personally. That's what taken from my children. This is what has been taken from us as a nation. So let's pray for that, that we can return for it. And folks, Yo, never forget what they took from us. Speaking of community, man, we got one badass mother over here to my right. Oh yeah, I almost forgot myself. Uh, what's up? Let's I'm Serge.com. It was a good one. I totally hear you, man. As someone who lived in LA for some years before I came out here, it is the front lines. There's a lot going on there. And uh, I think that people often give up hope when you're in a place like LA because yeah. it's, it's hard not to look around you, especially as I'm sure you know that like great, you're like Skid Row is all over like the, the downtown area. It's not just 6th Street anymore. It's the entire, entire downtown of Los Angeles. Um, but you guys can't give up hope. There's always something better to do. There's always a future that you can work towards. Don't blackpill yourself. Just work for what you know the world can be. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Yeah. Um, I'm Serge.com. Follow me on Twitter. 
I'm ready to go to the after show. Remember, we are on the after show. Uh, it'll be coming up at like 10, 10, maybe 10, 15. I have to use the loo. So. We're going to take a break, but we are going to be talking about Joe Biden and his comments about F-16s or 15s or whichever <laughs> ones on, that he wants man. and the use of them on the American people. You need to get in there. TimCast.com. We'll be taking your calls in just a couple of minutes. Also, we're going to be talking about the flat earth, right? Of course. Yes. Oh, was that for now? Whoa, 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 whoa. Cut the mic. Cut the stream. Cut the stream. Cut it right now. Cut it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.